0: Nervous. I know. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: Guests,
2: oh, look at this. How's that? I love it. How's that, Mrs. Ryan?
0: So good. Is it? So good.
2: You're so good. Thanks. You look much more comfortable over there.
0: You have lightened everything moving, allowing this to happen.
2: <laughs> so we, hello, welcome back everybody. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. I hope our levels are okay. They look good. Uh, we have done a lot of work in the studio over the week, uh, yeah. weekend and it's why we weren't here yesterday as well. We rewired everything. We relit a bunch of stuff. We made some changes to the set and...
0: Um, you got me a gift.
2: Yeah, a bunch of stuff. We've changed the, uh, the, the, the microphone holders and a bunch of other things just to kind of, I think it's going to make us more comfortable. It's definitely making you more comfortable. Yeah. Is that true?
0: Yeah. And I didn't I, even notice it until you said it, but I'm like, yes, I'm like a little kid that's like, I got a new swing set. <laughs> it's horrible.
2: No, it's great. Who doesn't love a new swing set?
0: <laughs> oh, I did love the swing set
2: uh all right i see i'm working with all this stuff here okay today is tuesday june 26th it's not monday and that was a weird one i had to cross (laughs) that out because we didn't do a show oh my what's going on mrs ryan how have you been
0: i've been um it's been it's been weird with the energy of moving everything around i think i i think i'm really tired but i'm mentally i'm here you are day. here definitely <laughs> mentally. Yeah, no,
2: energetically you're here too. Uh, what, is the, what are the words you're trying to find?
0: Um, the last couple of days, while you were doing a lot with the studio, I was super laid up. Like I could oh. not move. I, my legs were...
2: Yeah, these are th- we're talking about the studio, but unrelated, your MS flare-up had you not being able to walk for the last... Since yeah. Friday, basically. Would that be fair? Since yeah,
0: that's club. fair. Oh, yeah. I was a mess after that. Um, it was a little
2: overwhelming. I think a lot of different energy came in to Breakfast Club on Friday that was not normal or something. Something was a little bit overwhelming, and you were already a little bit low anyway. And it just became, I think, everybody – you know what it is? Normally, our people who are there regularly, it's kind of a give and take, and energetically speaking. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of energetic takers there on Friday, I felt like. yeah. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's a very chill, and I think what I love about it most is that it's a chill way to be social, and I watch part of the character. That
2: carol- you're capable of, right? That it, you can do on a regular basis.
0: really all I can do. And when Stacey Ackman was here and she <laughs> made a joke about how I was like, good, I'll see you on the show. This really has become a big part of my social life. And so socializing is much different than it used to be for me. So the mornings are really calm and they're happy, but they're not in your face energy. So Friday was a little bit like that, I think. Friday
2: morning turned into Friday night somehow. It was really weird energetically. (laughs) I think people were very excited. Um, and that's awesome Amazing. and wonderful. And yeah, I mean, certainly we want that. And it's, yeah. I mean, just to drive up to Newcomb's is energetic, um, you know, in its own right on the crest. So um, yeah, I, people should be however they are. Please don't stop. K- keep coming. That's not Still, what I mean. yeah, be enthusiastic and happy. It was that's just, part of it the was whole thing. one of those thing. days where we were on a decline and everybody else was ramping up. <laughs>
0: yeah, one of our friends was like, I would have moved the car. And I'm like, I would have freaked out if you had done that. I'm so glad. Just be normal. Do your thing.
2: Well, um, that's actually something I was going to talk about. I was going to put it in the news, but I'll just talk about it now if it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, showing the sweetness of the people that we do see on a regular basis and then sharing with the people we don't see on a regular basis that there has been a bit of a decline. Um, we generally park right out front of the front door of Newcombs.
0: Decline and- with me. I just wanted to clarify that, that for everyone. I'm not like I used to be. I've declined.
2: I'm just physically, physically. Right. Uh, we park right up front of Newcomb's, not because it looks great for all the photos, but because it's basically the disabled spot, it's like a <laughs> handicapped spot. So when we get there and there's a bunch of people like all lined up in front, like, oh, ready to geared up for breakfast club. We're like, OK. And we turned around a couple of times. And it was like, all right, will try to put and we parked by the other the back door, the side door. Uh, and then walking in, it was a whole thing. Danny saw us differently. And it was, you know, you weren't able to walk very well. And uh, Tom, the Birdman, who we love, Tom, and I met his wife, I believe, Bunny, for the first time you this week. You met Bunny? hmm They called me over to say, okay. So, and he's always in that front uh, spot. And there have been times where he's actually even pulled out yeah. for us, even though the, the, they're the Hyrule. only two cars in the entire parking lot. <laughs> There's no reason. Um, he called me over to say, okay, so <clears throat> I just found out why you like to park out front, Danny, I guess, had told him. Um, and he said, you know, if you want, uh, it would be very easy. You could just, when you're coming up the hill, just give a quick toot toot and I'll come out and move it. I mean, he was so, he was like, I'll hold, I'll so save sweet. your spot for you and then I'll move out. And I was like, Tom, I would never ask you to do that. That's so kind of you to even okay. think those things, but we would never ask. And he goes, okay, well, here's the thing. Danny was thinking about, she was already thinking about, it. she wants to put a cone out for you guys. Do you think that Nicole would have a problem with that? Or is that the type of, th- you know what I mean? He was very sensitive to how sensitive you might be, uh, and I said, Tom, all vanity is long gone at this point. Um, <laughs> if there's a bunch of people, that would be very helpful, but I don't want anyone to be inconvenienced by it. Uh, but the fact that people were thinking about you in that way, to me, goes a long way. And that's not sympathy. Those are, these are people who care about you, who are simply, if there's something they can do that requires no effort that makes your life easier, they want to do it for you.
0: That's the neatest surprise that's come out of this whole MS thing is seeing that in people. So I appreciate it.
2: I hope you do. I hope you're able to. I know it's probably hard to take because it feels like, charity or whatever like oh i'm an invalid
0: in first first thing it feels like pity and then you beat yourself up because you're like why am i being pitied and then once you're like you get knocked down enough and you're like no no you you're on the floor like take whatever help you can get to stand up if you want to stand up or lay on the floor and cry like you get to pick but like so yeah i'm getting more humble about accepting help from people so this is a really nice way to see it thanks
2: Well, I'll take it. Um, do you want to go right into what's going on, or would you like a minute? We'll do the East Coast feed.
0: Oh, East Coast feed. <laughs> Let's see that shirtless oh, you know I wonder think I love- Italian man. Shoot, I think I it in <laughs> here.
2: Oh, no. Oh, crap. I can't do the East Coast feed. All right, more for tomorrow. But yeah. I
0: have my... I'll see that. All right, yeah. So how about man. this?
2: What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? What's
0: going on? dun dun
2: dun
0: I'm super excited about our guest today, and I feel like we've said that, but I did not know anything about him, and he walked in and gave me a gift, and he's like, I'm the most touchy-feely man you'll ever meet, and I was like, yes, probably you are perfect to be, so I'm excited to talk to him, because I love love.
2: I usually say up front who it is, and I didn't, I I guess everybody probably knows, because I've been billboarding it all week, but we have (laughs) John Benton in the house, and with him is Sid, now help me with this, is your last name Pondi? Pande. Yes. Okay, Sid Pande, who we know through many runs as well, but you at home would know him through our videos uh, and we talk about you all the time on the show. One, we love you. I think you're a fantastic person, but you, uh, <laughs> you wrecked your Porsche on one run and then you've come to Breakfast Club to sort of almost uh, uh, unveil that it was all put back together. Uh, So Sid's here. We
0: love. One of the drivers with the best attitudes I've come across this entire journey. hundred percent. I am so grateful to know you because I did. I I would have been a disaster. You give me such light for how to handle weird situations.
2: Even the uh, the day that, that, that you did have that incident, um, you know, he was fine then. And yep. then the next time we saw you was a week or so later at the Sierra Madre thing. And I think you had already – you already had the whole plan in place. You were telling us, all right, I'm working with John Benton. I've got this happening. I've got this happening. I'm <laughs> buying these tires. The car will be better than it was before. I'm not worried about it. It Point was like, yeah, the fact that we were just giving you a hug and you had that wonderful energy about you, about a pretty shitty situation. Original paint, ladies and gentlemen. Wine red metallic. <laughs> uh and john benton who you are are, hang on sid back to you are you interning with john right now we're gonna we're gonna get into this i'm sure when john's in here but is that what's going on
3: yes uh basically i help john run his promotions his social media i do a bit of photography the website awesome kind of my domain
2: that's awesome well this is going to be good for both of you then i think awesome
0: you have a great eye for that i'm excited about that collaboration good work john
2: I was going to say. So, those now of, you guys I'm, will be in, in a second. Now,
0: I'll see you later. All right. So, okay. <laughs> and he
2: did bring gifts, and we'll uh, we'll show them when uh, he gets out here.
0: Yeah. And I'm just going to wear this all the time so everyone should know that this is always a John Benton original. Perfect. And there's tiger's eye, there, and we'll talk to you about ah, it. Okay. I'm super excited about it. Um, okay. The this What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Dun, 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 dun. Okay. This simple law makes Spain the leader in organ donation.
2: Say that one more time?
0: Well, this is part of why Oh, I see. Okay. This, this. simple law Got it. makes Spain the leader in organ donation. All right. Let's it's part it. of my fight against headlines cuz that's crap, but the the name of the law, who knows? It was so far into the article or it was dumb named, but whatever. The crux of it is that it's an opt you have to opt out. It's generically said. you set can opt out of it's kind of like a lot of ours now. Like this th- one, th- I'm
2: missing a fulcrum here. Okay. somewhere. I don't in
0: Spain, you've got, to, you've got to give up your
3: organs unless you opt
0: out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you, you know, yeah. When you die, it's like an automatic thing that your organs are donated, no kidding. unless you're like, no, thank you. What
2: well, is this a bad thing?
0: Here's the thing: I if you use it for evil, it has the potential to be oh, bad. Oh, so if they're <laughs> But if, it's the, if Spain is the <laughs> Hybrid leader. Hybriding pigmen and all sorts of other things Spain's over there. Spain's the leader Maybe. in organ donation. That's a good thing, I think.
2: I think of all the things that, that I, I read about these days that um, that do really help people. Obviously, a liver or a heart or a lung. These are all the things we think about. How about an eye? How yeah. about a hand? How, there's all these weird things that like people people – break and need yeah people
0: need that and that's this like a huge part of my thing like i'm gonna have to be reconstructed at some point and i'm like donate your shit that you don't need
2: <laughs> every shape and size so i can have my, my
0: eyes don't work so like when people walk in here i'm like hello i, know, and I do like, that
2: too that minority report uh, I think about oh can we just change our eyes out
0: i feel like uh in wally when he's like oh let's just switch the eye at the end and so like someone at breakfast club the other day was looking at me and like mimicking me and making his eyes really big. Be- i'm like i have no control over this. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry.
2: Everything's components.
0: Everything's pieces.
2: All the new cars, right, John? Oh, all components. Component-based. All components. All right, next one.
0: Um, the FDA repays the industry by rushing risky drugs to the market.
2: <laughs> the truth is I actually think that this probably is a good thing. <laughs> if, if you're into the whole pharmaceutical thing. Here. I personally am not.
0: My next one is that they just approved the first use of a cannabinoid to to treat epilepsy. So I'm like, in one breath, I'm like, don't rush it. And then the next, I'm like, but you kind of have to sometimes. That's so... tough. Are we talking about,
2: is it a natural cannabis uh, product or is it some synthetic one that the same guys who were making the pills made? Do you know what I mean? Or is it actually grown somewhere that's just been it's... DNA modified and whatever genetically It's probably something
0: like that. There's big finances behind all of this, which is why they're rushing reviews and doing cities like aftermarket. Like it's what they used to ask me on the phone with the Copaxone people. Yeah. Be like, are you better
2: maintaining or like Are you familiar with MK Ultra? Do you know what that is?
0: I've heard of it. I don't know what it is.
2: I don't know that much about it, but it was a government funded program and I believe in the sixties and probably disbanded in the mid seventies. But essentially they were doing a lot of I think it was CIA-based, but they were doing a lot of tests uh, to see, like, the effects of hallucinogens and, and uh, acid and LSD, you know, and all that stuff. That's right. Aliz- acid and LSD, both. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. Six to one. <laughs> so the Mississippi, I believe, is the divider on that. Um, anyway, yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any of this. I don't know where I was even going or what. But I, I think this is interesting. Can we follow this one? Yeah. I like all this medicinal uh, cannabis stuff rising up because I've seen what it does for you. And then for me, even with the CBD oil things that, quite frankly, we're talking about bad backs. Help my back.
3: Uh, we're going to talk about that more, sir. Oh, good. Oh, okay. good.
0: Um, I will definitely follow it. It's something that I follow just like by my, in my person because it's so involved in my Absolutely. treatment. So
2: I, I didn't will... mean to, uh, the Copaxone thing with them checking it, I didn't mean to step on that.
1: Uh, you was, di- there was
2: a uh, – it's an MS uh, medication, a daily and or three or four times a week shot. Three times a week is, shot. It is. Yeah. Sorry. But it, uh, it's insanely expensive, insanely expensive, and insurance depends on your insurance, I guess. But it's like – it was like 20 – they wanted 20 grand at one point. I it
0: think was 12000 to $20,000 a month depending yeah. on if it's daily or three times a week. Right. And – the more i've thought about like that's that's why this stuck to me so bad because remember my doctor one time was like can, trying to talk to me about the difference between everyday or th- three times a week yes and the crux of it all came down to the, there's um they're going to try to mimic it in the market if you, the daily one because the um the patent's almost up on that oh. version so we're going to go to a three they can't get there as fast i'm like but what's better for me? Like what's actually so better? What, so the three,
2: the three time a week was actually a workaround in the meantime.
0: It was a, it was a workaround out to avoid duplicant, duplicates in the marketplace. It was like, uh, what's gen, the generic, whatever that goes sure. to. It's like, what's not generic? Like, Anyway, I have huge issues with this. So the cannabinoid thing, I think, is great. It's not just cannabis, though. It's, like, mixed with something. So I'm like, just take that other part out and try shit before you claim this one to be a cannabinoid thing. Anyway, the (laughs) next one, um, I will follow that. But the next one, a doctor said it was all in her head, but it's the most common condition you've never heard of. So it all goes along this one is super bowl mbt MVP, mvp nick Foles' wife tori do you know you probably don't
2: what's the story
0: um basically the story got long but it chronicled her experience with the medical profession that was like, you're making this up. Nothing's wrong with you. She couldn't yeah. stand up and stuff. She's, I got
2: bored with this story. I never got to the uh, fucking yeah. thing of what it was. And it's happening again. What does it, does it, does, it, does it ever say what the, it's clickbait. What the hell is the very common thing that she has?
0: That annoyed me too. Um, did you
2: ever? Did you read to the bottom because yeah, I got sick of not, it and I didn't put it on No,
0: I read it because I'm curious. It involved because it's called pots. It's not the most common anything, except that it's common like uh, symptoms. So for male doctors to tell her that she was making shit up because it wasn't something that they'd experienced is the crux of this article. But it's not the most common. Like well, the, the headline
2: head- is yeah, the headlines of flat out bull faced lie. Then so why is that one included in the news?
0: Because I, like I like what they're pushing, is that women oh. are not being listened to by medical professionals. And okay. this is a super common thing that women are sidelined with. Similar right, to So my, what
2: we all need to do is erase that headline and everything you started with. And this is the important part. This right here, I think, is the meat of it. Because I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Headlines are horrible. Headlines are horrible. So I always try to go further than the headline, because
2: headlines are crap. I, I understand Please stop describing what you're doing and tell me more about this. <laughs> oh, um, why you think it's important?
0: Well, okay.
2: Why why women uh, shouldn't be told that they're making stuff up or whatever your point? I, I want to hear what you feel.
0: Okay, my point. Thank you. My point is that everyone says is saying, like I think I said it in front of Carol, like we're all growing, getting older and there's all this nebulous shit that none of us can figure out what it is. Okay. So for men to, when women are experiencing things, for them to just chalk everything up to like, you're making that up. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: Hysterical woman's disorder and right. all that stuff. Sure. And
0: so all this weird shit that is really like a combination of all my symptoms that I, I think if, like I went to a lot of male doctors that were like, nothing's wrong with you. Like before I got eventually to my one and um so it just bums me out that so many women are like no no like all this stuff is actually real just because your doctor is telling you it might not be like you're not crazy like explore further if it's really bothering you
2: good for you i agree sorry don't that take no for an answer is what i would say if you trust yourself and your body man get, get spend some time up here and then once you like organize and you know what feels what and everything, once you know your body, just listen to it because it'll tell you anything you need to know, in my opinion. It's just my opinion.
0: I concur. That's the That was it. That was that was it. That's been what's going That's on what's with going Mrs. Ryan. On. Dun 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 good dun, job.
2: Pay attention to yourself. I love you. That was awesome. Thanks. Don't don't get down on yourself. That was great. Don't go back. Thanks. That's right, right too. Uh, We are going to take a break, and when we come back, John Benton is going to be here. Is that good? Yeah. All right, cool. We will be right back more after this. So, so, so. We are here with John Benton. How are you, sir? I'm delicious, thank you. What's it's going on? Yeah.
3: Thanks for being here in our home, our home studio, but our home... Actually, this is a treat. Because yeah? I'm usually in my, my cave over at Benton Performance, and I don't get out as much as I'd like, so... There now, you go.
2: let's see. I don't know if you can see... Yeah, you can. I put, so you came bearing gifts, and I have already put one of them on the sticker wall in the studio there, right to the right of mrs ryan oh yeah benton performance already stuck in there there you go thank you thank you it's so cool you yeah. did come bearing gifts yes yeah i did probably.
0: because you're the sweetest so many good dudes do- oh, there oh. you go yeah you never know nope here's and- the thing that's so good i wear weird combinations of clothing all the time in the car that's super
3: <laughs> snugly. reach inside i had their fleece lined oh
2: and then this sucker nice big hoodie <laughs> Oh, it's zippy. Yeah, z- uh, sorry, zippy. Yeah, hoodies zippy. With a
0: hood. Oh, yeah. that's
2: mine.
0: Nah, I... <laughs>
3: it's like a, it's that's Christmas super, story. It's super huge. It's like a double X. It, so I've seen you in oh, A Zeppelin,
2: and... that's mine. Oh, exactly. oh totally. Yeah.
3: I, I made this assumption that you were like 6'12". Oh, 6'2". Yeah, six, and and oh. And that's apparently what the doctor said I would be when I was
2: born. Well, there you go. So, I mean, I'm actually living up to expectations. I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm there just there you kidding.
3: Go. You just project. What, yeah.
2: what is the issue? Is its it... Is it Not big enough? Too big?
3: You thought I was too tall. That's like a small tent. You guys could probably both wear that. that But it's snuggly, right? Good
0: luck. It's so warm.
3: (laughs) Did you put that on over your headphones?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I did.
2: (laughs) Snuggles. Oh, what a riot. Uh, First of all, thank you for the gifts. Thank you. The sticker will for sure go on the car as well. Yeah. And uh and this stuff will get to be put uh in probably I'm thinking it's going to go in the front cuz I can already see her face that this will oh, be Oh, it's going to be in the booth for sure. This is just going to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like the you've car, got 17 shirts on you look cold have another one
3: That's <laughs> it's well, so you, warm. You could wear several items of clothing and then have that underneath. As like, yeah. It's a snuggie basically at this point. I think uh Joey from
2: Friends I'm picturing when he puts on all of yes. Chandler's uh, clothes <laughs> everything I'm wearing everything you own. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>
0: so gross that is.
2: All right, man. Uh, Who are you? What do you do? You started giving it to me out there. Give it to
3: all of us. Well, uh, you know, for those who don't know me, I'm John Benton, and I I, uh, was born in East St. Louis in 1963, and my mom came out here with me in 65. We uh, moved to beautiful Southgate, California, a suburb of L.A., and that's where I grew up, right in the middle of car culture, and uh, pretty crazy upbringing, but I'm here. How so? Uh, you know, growing up, with a, you know, now single mothers are probably oh, almost expected, right? Yeah, maybe I we mean, have that in common. Yeah, so uh, in, in, a, in a more open world, open society for for most, uh, being a single parent isn't, for me, isn't frowned upon, you know, I think a lot of people would feel the same way, but back in the 60s, if you were in, a, in uh, East St. Louis, in the Midwest, in the Bible Belt, And uh, you fell in love with some tall drink of water, and and he didn't want to go any further than the back seat. Well, you were on your own, and even your own family, you were like a pariah. So my my mom had a sister out here. Correct. I'm
2: sorry. That's the correct answer.
3: There you go. But my, my, uh, my mom had a sister out here who was also other than being a... Uh, a lesbian. Oh. God bless you, Aunt Terry, wherever you're at. She okay, was a sweet girl. So gal. you're
2: very, so you probably get the rainbow in our set here. I mean, we're just all about well, no, I mean, people I, being color bars. I, I grew up in a, in, a,
3: in a very liberal environment um, in so many ways. Um, I even inherited my step-grandmother's Kennedy Library when she passed away. What? When I was a kid, my grandmother's house was always the best house. And that was my stepdad's mom and uh, Mambo. It's a Man-wo. long story. She's a cotton picker from Oklahoma. They had nicknames for each other, and it's a very Southern environment at the same time. Okay, eating okra and black-eyed peas and greens oh, and things. Yeah, I, that's okay. So I, I have an odd, odd lifestyle growing up. But
2: fried, fried okra in a in a paper uh, sack. Kind uh, of thing? It's fried okra.
3: That's Arctic. it. Well, okra is like a green bean full of snot, and you clean it and you cut it up in little chunks, <laughs> and you get these little pinwheel things that are gross and green and. <laughs> full of seeds and things, and it's not, and then you you throw them in uh, in cornmeal with salt and pepper, yeah. and then you fry it, and sometimes you fry it in, like, bacon grease mixed with lard, oh, okay. and it's so good, but it's not – all the – you know, like, a uh, vegetarian could actually almost eat it, but they'd smell that bacon, right, as they approach and run away, but uh, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff we're eating, you know. I could smell I it. I come home from school, and I hate lima beans, right, so – Lima beans—you can smell them three blocks away—and uh, I would know what was for dinner. I'm like,
1: oh, it's not.
3: <laughs> but getting back to the whole scenario, I—I I landed here, you know, like all of us. We—we we can't. You don't choose where you're born in the world. You don't choose right. who your parents are. You just arrive. And uh, my first arrival was in East St. Louis, and my second arrival was here in Los Angeles. So, I—I um, I grew up in this super liberal environment, and i was saying I inherited this <laughs> when I was a kid. I said go to, to my grandma's house in fact we lived there for a, lo- a long period of time but you uh, lived
2: in the good place the good house oh yeah we sure oh, did man. for a little
3: while that's another story altogether you know i've seen the gambit of human uh, I, I can not speak for me but i have a feeling that a lot of people are like me they just don't talk about it yes so yeah, i grew up i grew up in the 60s and 70s when america was at this weird kind of like now this weird 50 50 separation, you know, there was a it's war going again. on. We it's got hippies. Again. We got hippies and free love on one side, and America, let's go blow everybody up on the other side. And
2: I'm glad you're drawing the parallels because we see it constantly no, and you know, it, in the landscape. It, today. It,
3: this thing swings back and forth, you know. But. Uh,
2: I didn't mean to cut you off. No,
3: no. it's all good. But my, I, I used to go to my grandma's house, and I loved to go to her. She had a library, an actual library. And she, she had busts of. Martin Luther King, and Robert Kennedy, and John Kennedy, and Abraham Lincoln, and she had all the books of everything they ever wrote, and all these LP records, and she had a record player there, and I could play them. So I would listen to the speeches of all these, Whoa. yes. Whether she had they,
0: the speeches on records?
3: I still have them. So now I see, literally, it's a library. It was a library. Okay, so this is one of the funniest things ever. So I, I was a modeler, like builder. I always liked building models. Skill models and, and stuff. And so... There was a time early on where when I built models, they were made out of balsa wood and spruce and white glue. And, and if you made an airplane, you would stretch paper and paint it with dope, which was the the plastic paint. And I, they, those were scale models. I mean, you had a drawing of what the airplane was how it was made, and you made it and then plastic
2: the skeletal structure and then wrap
3: absolutely it so you're actually building a real miniature so cool. whatever it was and then slot cars same thing we used to, I used to build slot cars from cool. copper tube and solder the frames together we had slot car tracks and I uh, had
2: slot car tracks but we never made it you know well you could you, well, Tyco yeah. I think made them or something
3: <laughs> well you could buy stuff too but you know for the like, cuz we used to drag race and if you wanted a really good drag race car you had to build it they didn't sell them so we built rails w- with, uh, with brush mounts that would stay on the track because the, the dragsters they would, would do wheelies. wheelies. Oh, they all the way down the track. Whoa. But um, So cool. But I, I inherited the, the Kennedy Library, which she called it, and all the things. I still have all that stuff. I don't have a place to put it, but I, it's in my garage. Oh, so you don't have a, a, oh, it's f- a studio? I, I do not have <laughs> I don't have what you have. This is incredible. I've got to tell you, it's really, really <laughs> out of this world. But uh anyways that my story is probably like a lot of the LA stories um I was told many years ago that LA exists because of a slow leak in the Midwest and uh it's true I've never heard that that's great it's true yeah. and I, I maybe uh,
2: a series of slow leaks all over the place oh, absolutely. but
3: they definitely all Yeah bleed the, here. you know you're trapped in the bible belt there and what's why you got to blow off some steam where do you go well you kind of got shoot to the out coast. that's it
2: have a few laughs
3: yeah so you know, I grew up in this really interesting environment. Uh, family members did, that went off to war, some didn't come back. Family family members that were totally against war, and 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 fought and pushed back. And uh, I remember going as a kid, hanging out with both sides of the family. You know, because yes. I was I was John John, and I was you know I fit were in any you really? John John. Yeah, hey
2: John John. That's
3: awesome. So well, that was John boy, wasn't it? Yeah. John boy, yeah. John John. There is
2: a John John though too. Right? Oh, of course. Of course you were John John, gee
3: whiz. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, but I, you know, I'd fit in all these different situations. So, like, my cousin Denise, you know, we, she would just, wherever she went. Don't get me
2: started on Denise.
3: But, but she, was, she was the best. She was like my second mom. And so we went everywhere together because she was able to do whatever she wanted to do because she's taking John John
1: oh so I
3: oh man I got to see a lot of cool stuff you know and I and I don't regret any of it and I love you denise if if you're uh, if you're, you you'll see, um, we're gonna send this to her I think right age Find approximately is she sure. similar
0: to your mom or is she more like us Well she's a cousin so, so okay mom
3: cousin and then me so uh, Denise is about 10 years older than
0: okay me. okay. So, when oh, I was five, me, she though. was
3: 15, you know, or whatever, somewhere in there. Right, so maybe she, she's 12 years old. Uh, she like liked
0: cool shit for you at the time. Like, well, she was always well, cool. I'm
3: infinitely curious. Yeah. I always have that's been. About you. Um, it, when I graduated from uh, elementary school, I had a teacher named Miss Kiskelly. It's a great gal. And uh, <laughs> Miss Kiskelly wrote in my little yearbook, uh, she, she wrote, John of the Curious Mind, Never Ooh. Change.
0: Love that you were like six, elementary school. That's like well, that really was six, young. sixth grade. Sixth oh, okay. grade. It's
3: Still eleven. I, I was eleven. Yeah.
0: That's still a fa- fantastic thing to have said about you. Yeah.
2: Here's here's what I know. It obviously meant something to you, and that's why you're still telling the story. You remember your sixth oh, I, grade.
3: I, I have a pretty good memory, despite some pretty good hits on the noggin.
2: <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean like it stuck with you. This was an important thing.
3: Oh, she. You know when uh, when you grow up in a weird household that's not totally hinged.
2: You attach yourself to things. You do. You create mm-hmm. your own
3: family in your head. I don't know how to describe this. Oh, sorry. And you guys might think I'm y- maybe a little crazy, but. Yeah, or you not.
2: may be able to just look around and understand that we're exactly alike. <laughs>
3: well, you become less judgmental. You kind of find the good and the bad, in people try to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Because when you're exposed, I'm telling you, I was in a weird environment. I, I There were, there were situations a, where you. It's a survival mm, technique. I should probably not be here. You know, I'm going to. Maybe go to another room or something.
2: When you grow up in a hostile environment, there's no doubt you oh, learn yeah. to read people incredibly well and incredibly fast. And I
3: believe it's a survival technique. I, I can tell you stories about Thanksgiving that materials like this mm, smells great. Oh, look at the big table. And about two hours later, there's literally a knife fight in the driveway. Mm-hmm. This is the, this
2: is like, and the cops are called.
3: Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> and I think a lot of people have this story. They just, like I said, they, they probably don't talk about it, but, um,
2: you're awesome. I love you already.
3: Well, no, no, it's it's just the way it is. I mean, it's funny. I I look back now and many things are very laughable. I mean, really laughable. Yeah. I mean, and then the, the amount of drunkenness that what I've seen people go through and, and the the silly things that transpire. Oh, my goodness. Because of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you drink? And uh, I don't f- care. There's no judgment. No, 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 asking. no, no, no. Here, just something funny that's also so juxtaposed. First of all, just so you guys know. No, I, no,
2: I want to know if you're an alcoholic.
3: Um, maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> I was. No, so oh, so nice. I, I um, really didn't do anything. I was like super straight, straight edge, straight edge. And I used to rail against people all the time, including my sister. So did I,
2: because I think this is a product of the environment you grew up in. This is so interesting. Please. So
3: for me, if you were drunk, you were an idiot. Mm-hmm. Lost and, control, and right? Out of control. You're so dumb. And no. and I was I became a control freak in that in that respect. In other ways, my morality's variable, depending on what I'm confronted with. Confronted with, oh, so what where your passions are. <laughs> in fact, that's gonna be my new brand: uh, variablemorality.com. <laughs> I like it.
2: But I and on the back depends on what I'm confronted with.
3: Exactly. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I it's it's there was a, I remember in high school, I, I just didn't drink, and and uh, peer pressure is real yeah. when you're at, in those ages between maybe like twelve and. 25 you know yeah. you really want to uh, uh for me I, I remember i wanted to fit in i wanted to be you know part of the group um didn't always work out that way but i uh you know i get like a bottle of heineken you could put a nipple on it i you know I, that thing would be like hot warm by the end of the night like you wanted to be oh no i'm good i'm good because i to be honest i didn't even have a taste for it yeah. I, I hadn't actually built a taste or desire for that so um
2: so you didn't drink early on.
3: I didn't drink, or I didn't anything else? Anything else? Uh, I remember there was a a, t- a couple times when I did get drunk. I remember going to this party and it was this girl that I really was trying to impress, and she was drinking wine. I'm like, well, I'll drink some wine too. Oh, and and, and this is this uh, this is probably Without before a taste for it. this is probably before solo cups. I mean, this is like you know, a big tumbler with ice, and you're drinking this like Boone's Farm. Oh,
0: that's not real wine. <laughs> I did. That oh, too. Talk. okay. So two things <laughs> happened that night Oh, no.
1: in
3: Southgate where I grew up at ten o'clock back then, before kids had rights, <laughs> all, all the traffic lights in Southgate would flash red because 10 o'clock so was curfew. curfew. If you were under 18 and they saw you in the street, they'd pick you up and they'd drive you home. Yeah,
0: Kind of like that.
3: No, it actually is a good thing. You know, I don't see why they-
2: We grew up in New York with uh, Channel 10 always, uh, Channel 10, I don't remember what it was, but Fox always was, uh, it's 10 p.m. Do you know, do you know where, where your children your are? are? Yeah, no, but they still do it. It's a legitimate
3: stay. question. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: but, but why are we waiting until 10 p.m.?
3: Well, you know, now I mean, that I'm an older guy, I know the parents wanted to have sex and relax a little bit. They were so glad the little bastards were out of the house. Ah. You know, they're, they're trying to have, have a good time. There's an you know? angle. There's an angle. So, you know, <laughs> stuff happens. You know, your kids either make a good decision or they don't. But um, but it was a, a that was one of the longest walks ever because I was probably like three miles from home. Mm. You know, I didn't have a car. That girl took off with some guy like twice her age, and I'm like, okay, whatever. So I, I And you're...
2: Weaving right.
3: I was on a rubberized walking platform that had that you would
2: never experienced before. I'd never experienced
3: this before, and it was past curfew. So I found myself every time every time a car was approaching, in my mind it was the police. So I felt I had so many my elbows, my knees into the bushes. Yeah, like well, just like trying to get down. You know, oh my god, it was so ridiculous. So that was like my first time being inebriated, and the last time for many, many years. Mm and uh and then there was a time i remember a uh, good old my buddy jim and bob we uh every good story oh boy begins with
2: jim and bob
3: <laughs> i'm not gonna say their last names because he might get mad at me but uh,
2: uh they know who they are
3: jim jim was a prolific user of marijuana I mean, he was like really really into that for years and years and years and
2: i like the prolific user like a terrence mckenna He's this guy
3: up. man you could probably shoot him with a, a like a tranquilizer for an elephant and he would wow this is cool you know so (laughs) he he wouldn't went down but he would have enjoyed the ride (laughs) gotcha but but uh it's pretty good so i had an ancient 59 volkswagen sunroof ragtop sunroof bug that was held together with bailing wire and prayers and uh but it hauled ass all my (laughs) shit always hauls ass so i they we went to see Greystoke, the Legend of Tarzan, or something like that. Wow! At the World, there used to be a theater called the World Theater. Okay. Uh, like Gower and Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, seriously! I used to run this, like right by Paramount and the. the I ran the streets. There. I ran these streets, man. I mean, all this. I ran these streets. I mean, I really, really did. I, I, I'm, I not I, I'm not saying I'm not seeing. I ran shit. I'm just saying, I I ran all over the place, and I got in a lot of mischief, without being like a drug guy or anything. I was just out goofing around. Blowing things up and things that were capital crimes now, I'd be in prison probably. But you know, back then, the police were like, "What are you doing? Get out of here!" You know. You're
2: so right, though, because when I was a kid, like the worst thing you could do would be like throw an M80 mm-hmm. or something like that. Nowadays, that's a, a deadly weapon. It's an explosive. Oh, f- I mean, Everything the FBI's coming to your house for sure. You oh, know we, what I mean, and they, we, and when I was a kid, they were blowing up the toilets at school with that shit.
3: Ryan, we we, we turned the things that are supposed to help you into into weapons. We we found. At a yard sale, we found this um, brass, looked like brass uh, fire extinguisher. It was really cool, mm. old lettering on it and stuff. Some you know, copper, like,
2: probably, yeah. Yeah,
3: and, and it's like you know made in Milwaukee or something. And and it the hose is rotted off. And at the time, I was working at a hardware store, so I took it to work and I got some hose and put it all back together and made a nozzle. And it, and it had a, a Schrader valve in it for pressurizing, mm-hmm. and so. I pumped this thing to like 150 PSI, <laughs> fill it with water, and it, it weighs a metric ton. I mean, it, and I had this in my Volkswagen. And so I'm with one, one of my friends. We're, we're going down uh, Farson Boulevard. And there's just, uh, look, Mormons don't get mad at me, okay? <laughs> but you know, the, the Mormon kids in the seven, uh, you know, they, uh, they, Seventh they, the Adventist. yeah they- Seventh-day Adventists, that Yeah, I think okay. it's something like that. I, I'm not an expert on religion, so. Okay. How dare you. And, but you know, that you see them riding bikes and stuff. <laughs> So I'm with my buddy and I'm like, oh, hey, squirt him!" Oh God. So we roll up on these poor guys and he squirts them. But we're thinking, you're just gonna get wet and we're gonna laugh. It's like throwing a water balloon, whatever. And we had squirted lots of people already.
2: pressurized, oh really, okay.
3: Oh yeah, because it's summertime. Okay. We see some girls, guys, whatever. But you had already
2: tested it out. Oh yeah, it
3: it wasn't lethal by any means. Unless you're a Mormon on a bicycle wearing glasses. So this guy who looks like Mormon Woody Allen is on <laughs> his bicycle, and my buddy squirts out the top, not even Amy, just squirts out the top. The stream of water was, like, very precise. It hit him <laughs> in the glasses.
2: Oh, shot the glasses. Glasses right off. Boy, this is Christmas story again.
3: He, he kind of balls then. up his bike, and then his friend runs him over, and it's like, oh.
2: And then his friend runs him over, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's so bad. It's awful,
3: right? We helped them. Huh. I didn't like. Le- we helped of them, course. and we felt really bad about it. Then, in fact, that may have been like the last time we did that because it was like, wow. That but, sounds like yeah. But you can turn Lots anything into a weapon. I'm yeah. just telling you. Yeah. You can edit this out. Feel free. Why are <laughs> not going to? I'm just messing with you.
2: Yeah, Where are they going to find an old fire extinguisher like
3: that? I think they're still around. I yeah, mean, you'd
2: have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it, this is not uh, buying fertilizer, and uh, you know.
3: No, no. It was. It was really a cool thing. I. We used to. Man, so much mischief. Like, back. Uh, Things were more trusting back in the 70s and, and early 80s, you know, so things weren't locked up as tight as they are now, and okay. security didn't exist like it does now. And, for sure. And, uh,
2: let alone cameras and everything else.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I, I did Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and stuff, and I had oh, the uniform. Even
2: worse, so he knows how to
3: do it all. Yeah. But Oh, yeah, you know, we, we, <laughs> I could build anything. Oh, you, we had a lot Practicing. of fun, but now you've got these like Boy Scout outfits. Well, so now you just put them on for fun. So if if you and your buddies are all dressed like like uh, you know scouts, oh nice upstanding young men, oh shit we're sneaking through doors. We used to go we used to go like you go through you're the. You're lo- essentially
2: doing the child uh, impersonating an officer, essentially, right? Almost, yeah, almost. Yeah, because you're like, oh, we're upstanding citizens. It may as well have been a Bible outfit, salesman outfit. We could have been
3: a thing. you know could the preacher outfit or something. Yeah, with the glasses and the whole. thing. We went right into the lobby of a big high rise. We kept wanting to go to this high rise downtown, and we walked right in the lobby. And uh, the guy sitting at the desk and I said, I'm here to see my dad. He's like, Oh, go ahead. So we just walked right past him and we got in the elevator. We went as and high as got we could.
2: Free range of the building. We right?
3: just went up, up, up as far as we could. <laughs> and then we finally found a way to get out to where we could get on the side of the building up near the top. There was still stuff above us, but we we're on this like area where we could see the street.
2: Well, uh, outside. Yeah. Holy cow.
3: And I had a Slurpee. Like oh the, my God. I had a Slurpee. Like oh no, <laughs> not Since for long. <laughs> <laughs> so. So
2: cuz you imagine being that guy. I rem- I
3: remember in the in the lobby by the by the elevators where we had, you know, exited onto that floor, they had these um ashtray trash cans and the whole top was full of sand.
1: Yeah, I remember that. So you
3: could smoke out in the lobby and then you put it out. You put it out. Yeah. So I dumped all the sand in the like the half a Slurpee that was left and it made like this mud.
2: Oh my god, cement I think is the word.
3: So <laughs> I told the guys, I'll be right back. So I go and I come back cuz we're always competing to see who can make the whatever thing into a weapon of some sort we, out
2: jackass the other one it,
3: nice. it was total jackass nice. stuff. <laughs> so I, mean, I could tell you shopping cart stories that would you know that's totally jackass
2: yeah. but but
3: so i get out and i'm, I'm like all right you guys let's watch check this out so this thing is pretty heavy and it's like sand mud you know and i lean out and i drop it and it, <gasps> and I, i'm watching it go down and we're way up i mean like
2: you said a high rise it's downtown, a high, so we're at least twenty the, the stories. The people were like the people
3: were an inch tall. You know, we're uh, this, and I w- I made sure nobody was down. There, but there were people out and about. But it was probably eight o'clock at night or so. I let this thing go, and we're all watching it. And the weirdest it it kind of it never turned upside down. It just kind of went through space like this. You know, the conical shape I guess was perfect.
2: Oh, you dropped it in the cup. You didn't.
3: Oh no! I, yeah, I just dropped the whole cup. I want to see. I wanted to hit the ground and splat, right? So we could go down and see what it did. Did Letterman,
2: yeah, the whole thing, sure. Mm-hmm.
3: There's a void in the bottom of a cup that's maybe <laughs> a quarter-inch, three-eighths inch deep. The, the, yeah. That big Under around. Here, right? the little... It's about the size of a motorcycle piston, right? <sighs> oh, no. That thing hit that concrete with all that force, and when it hit, it made a sound like an M80 or something. Yeah. It made an a audible report okay what i didn't think about was that concrete mixture it went in a radius i mean like all the way across the street
2: yeah that's what i'm thinking and people were like what thing.
3: was that and you saw people like looking around and we're like oh boy so we sked we skedaddled out of there and we waited for a while <laughs> what color was
2: your slurpee <laughs> like, <laughs> what flavor so okay I what color all right just so you
3: know back when slurpees first came out they only had two flavors two
0: blue that's right blue no, red. I'm no no blue no no that's blue icy later? that's an oh,
3: icy yeah, oh. okay mm-hmm. purple red. slurpee was cherry and coca-cola
2: oh okay so what did you what is this or a mixture of both
3: i was always coca-cola with cherry on top oh.
2: <laughs> so but so there's some sort of caramelly colored mixture sandy cement mixture
3: it looked like gray mud okay yeah there was no <sighs> the color was kind of was gone at that, point. At that point man <laughs> pretty cool these are awful stories
2: i know so you work on porsches now huh
3: Jesus, <laughs> that's just a where, byproduct of time.
0: Where I go is look at how creative you were. So now you know how to be awesome on these beautiful machines. See, they're, they're, they're
3: <laughs> staring totally now. They're like, John, stop. No way. No, no way. I'll take. I'm like, what you want to talk other about. icy story do you have? No, I mean, I, I grew okay, so I grew up. I grew up in uh, Southgate, which gave this me. This is
2: the stuff I love, by the way. This is the stuff I'm interested in. So yeah. I'm sure people want to hear Porsche stuff, and we'll get to that. Okay. But so, don't worry about so, what you're talking about. Just
3: okay. So I grew up in Southgate. In the 60s and 70s into the 80s. Mm-hmm. I didn't move out of Southgate until uh, 1988. Okay. And because uh, I was comfortable. Sure. Um, I was very comfortable living in Southgate. And uh, and I'm, I, I live in Downey. I mean, literally like seven miles from oh, where right. I grew up. And uh, so very comfortable that, uh, in Downey.
2: That uh, the drive-in you like is down there, right? Isn't that where the atomic, uh, the Bob's Big Boy broiler? Well, no, is Johnny's. What used to be Johnny's boiler be Johnny's now it's brother. Bob's. Now it's Bob's. Yeah.
3: And uh, that that is an actual Googie architecture mm-hmm. building built in 1958. It was almost really? demolished. It was mostly demolished. And you know who called the police? Me. Come on. No, my this, wife. I,
2: hang on. I followed this story for years before I was in Portia because I'm a huge into. If you can tell by the furniture, and everything
3: into Arctic. Architect, okay, so that's design. a conservancy building. Mostly I know all the, the,
2: about the building and the knocked out everything and the person who called it in. That was you.
3: That's me. Incredible. So, Brendan and I—I I mean, I'm sure other people called. Sure, sure. But, sure. but uh, okay, you so that
2: wherever word it's out of your
3: way. Okay, you? let's do that because I'm i am I'm touchy-feely, handy oh, kind right, of guy. Correct.
0: Move that you? shit out of your way, whatever you want.
2: <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> a conical you were mentioning. It. We are from France. Exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. So, what ended up happening was uh, we had gone—we had a museum day, okay—and we were coming home, and it was dusk. I don't hear it anymore. Oh, I—I've broken it. No.
0: I uh, no.
2: No. Oh, did is there like a little switch on it? Oh yeah, there is.
0: There, there we you go. go. Got Good it. job. You're so
2: mechanical. Yeah.
3: Look at that. We need to get better mics. I felt the. I felt there that little. Go. There it is. And
2: there's a man who knows how to fix stuff. Look at that. Oh yeah. I mean, you created the problem too. I can course. break stuff
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So go ahead. So we had a museum day, and we are driving back, and there's a. A piece of industrial equipment, like a skip loader, you know, with a shovel and a. Anyways, it it's it had mowed down the whole canopy for where the drive where the drive up. Yeah, yeah, where the cars. Uh, where, where you where, where the, you park. The things. Where the, where the yeah. So, and. The car hop service. The car where the it's, I'm sorry yeah so when we came up the car hop canopy was already down. Mm. So and, sad. <laughs> and a lot of the googie part on the front was still intact. Oh. But. Uh, the back part, he had just mowed into it.
2: So like the restaurant was gone, essentially. And I,
3: I made this crazy turn to get back, and I pulled over, and I called down. The Delapide. backstory on
2: this is there was a big fight as to can they. The people wanted to knock it down, and the whole area was saying no, no, no. And there was a whole uh, fight going on in in town court. And the whole yes, b- the the, the gentleman the
3: gentleman that owned owned it. They had made it into, into the world's worst restaurant. And he was anti car culture. I mean, completely. And Downey PD, arguably, it was hard to deal with. Downey wasn't at the time, especially then, was not the kind of place you wanted to go rev your motor or do anything. It was a
0: troublesome joint, yeah. Downey.
3: Downey is like uh, this. It's it's (laughs) this little bedroom community. Okay, for lack of okay, so Downey historically has very high priced real estate and very large lots in certain areas. North Downey has always been populated by doctors, lawyers, business owners. Oh I know. There are know. homes over that rival there are homes in Downey that rival homes anywhere in the state. Um the Carpenters, the musical duet they, they grew up there. Um and uh uh oh the lead guitarist from uh, Metallica. Really? Yeah. Mm, uh, I
0: didn't know that.
3: But anyways, it, it, Downey. Uh, but
0: it's a nice spot. It it's a nice spot. And so
3: if you look at realty all around it, it's like a little oasis.
2: Yeah, it's like a bedroom community for for Los Angeles.
3: Yes, and they have their own police and their own fire. So they, your taxes are a little bit more, but you get what you pay for. And uh, but,
2: uh, I just remember that they that this apparently was some sort of. Um, big ball move on the, the property owner of saying well they can't fucking defend it if it's not here anymore so, yeah, so just, they
3: just moved through I mean yeah. it
2: was just a full-on just strong arm going in was, mow the trees down so it, you know, it hap- take down the forest kind of thing
3: it happened sadly in stages so it, it, they the place used to be Johnny's broiler and it was it was like a national
2: or, like, or at least a, it was some sort of historical absolutely
3: the, the, the signage alone was uh, that had to stay no matter what they used the property for. And the the current owner of the property had it just the restaurant was really bad, and uh, it, it wasn't friendly to car culture, so it declined. And then it was permitted for use as an automobile sales, and so they just all the original um, booths and seats along the they gutted it. They gutted this beautiful building, that all my the light fixtures because yeah, all that all stuff of those
2: was beautiful googie uh, fixtures.
3: It, they just ripped it out. Hmm. And made it into a car dealership. And, and it bugged me every time I drove past because one of the ugliest blights you can bestow upon a community is to build a row of used car dealerships in the middle of it. It's just Bad. sad. Used car dealerships. Oh. Yeah. So so we went through that period, and then mm-hmm. he was petitioning to make it into a, a strip mall. Whoa. Because we all need more strip malls, you know. Sure. So. Not... But but at this, but obviously he'd hired someone to just go in there and just start bulldozing it down. So as you said, if it's not there, you can't fight for it. Yeah. Uh, I called the police. We stayed on. We stayed there. Um, A policeman showed up, and he scaled the the fence, and the guy that was on the equipment just ran away. I've
2: seen pictures from this day. They're like the chain link work fence kind of thing around it, right?
3: And so that guy got away
0: the owner he just no 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 no, no, it wasn't the owner. it was the the guy guy. driving the bulldozer
3: he jumped off and ran and he got away and um the bulldozer though was still moving and it hit the back of the building the power was still on the lines were arcing and it it was certain there was like a little bit of smoldering going on i don't know it it could have been just the motor but that whole thing could have burned down but by the grace of god it did not ignite
2: Hit something that stopped the bulldozer,
3: though? The building itself. Oh, it, it was just okay. It was just, like, kind of trying to move. So the skids are going, yeah. and it's just, holy crap, this is right out of a movie. So, so uh, that culminated in real attention. So uh, Bob's Big Boy got involved, the conservancy got involved, um, the community got involved, and uh, it's there today. Go, we love it. Yeah. We, lo- we love that place. You can walk there from my house. Really? Yeah, I walk there all the time. Well, let's go down it, there sometime. It, absolutely, we should make a car night. Yeah, I'm let's serious. do a takeover. Let's. I love this. Yeah. That all right,
2: we'll put something crazy. together
3: with done, that. Done. I love it. That's cool. Uh, all
2: right, tell me something, Portia. All right, uh, hang
3: on. All right, so we'll get there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I can start. When and, I first watched uh, the first thing I ever saw, uh, I think it, I'm assuming the first thing I ever saw, the first thing I can remember ever seeing that had you in it was a um, video on YouTube that I'm assuming was Petrolicious. And it started with, um, you know, it's about you and your 912. But it starts with you telling the story about when you were a kid, you're riding a Volkswagen bug. And, you know, you hit the bumps when you go through the oh, yeah. grass. And, you know, you... This was my childhood. I grew up riding in the front seat or in the backpack. Oh, yeah. back, back. Oh, yeah. The back I love that. right on top of the engine, hot as can be in the winter in Connecticut. Right with, with, the city with square weave.
3: It's just like steel wool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you, you, you smell like that thatch of whatever the interior is made of and the whole thing. I mean, you're cooking back there. But that was my childhood, and I wouldn't have changed it for a thing. And I can't imagine, you know, nobody knows what that's like anymore these days with seatbelt laws and, and, and safety and... <laughs> They'll lock a parent up for driving. That, that, right that, was, that
3: was a Petrolicious video done by Jeremy Heslip, and, and uh, I actually got emails from angry people asking, what? how were you able to film that? That's so dangerous.
2: Oh, come on. So you're proving my point of you can't get away with that shit anymore. Yes. That's crap, man. You, it's a movie shoot.
3: People are as resilient as uh, can be most of the time.
2: Well, I guess yes. you, get, you get everything, right? Yeah. Cause, I mean, there are people that don't like
3: everything it's anyways that it, it was a fun time to be alive and I that what happened was I uh, Jeremy had done a documentary called the last great road race mm-hmm. about 2013 La Carrera I among other things Which I
2: you've participated in for a number of years right yeah
3: yeah so uh, when I say participate I want to set the record straight
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh fair enough yes. okay this is a good point
3: I I raced uh, privateer racing in POC, PCA, SCCA in the 80s and 90s in the same car I have now as my street car, which is my 912, mine 12. And, love it. and I was really good at it. And I became the uh, the slalom chair for the POC for three or four years. And I had Dave Azoglu, wherever you're at, love that guy. Uh, he has TRE.
2: TRE, yeah. We're trying to get him in here. He wanted to come in and then he has, dry, I guess he's been busy.
3: Uh, he's busy. He's a busy guy. And, uh,
2: he wants to come in, though. We want to get him. In. Oh,
3: no, you got to talk to him because, you know what? Here's the thing. There's a lot of, like, uh, social media is an interesting thing because it can make anyone famous overnight, depending if they've got that spark that gets people's attention, all of a sudden, boom, they're in demand. Now, they may not have the guns to back it up, so they get it gets proven out one way or the other. But um, guys like Dave, like, I, okay, so Mahalan in the 80s, I was a... Mulholland Drive or Highway? M- Mulholland Drive. Okay. We, in fact, we drove that to get... I, I treated Sid to something, even though there's heavy traffic. We, we took the long way up Sunset and then cut across. Oh, cool. So, really? we, could, so we could drive... Nice. You know, where the... Where the where it break, anyways, I took, him, uh, I took him up Mulholland, and then we broke off to come here. But, um, and this some an obnoxious guy in a McCon. And if you're going to get in front of me and cut me off to get in front of him, you better move that little poe wow anyway so we uh now nah, i'm just saying so truth so God. we we uh so maholland was like an aspiration for all young men who wanted to drive and unfortunately for me i finally got i had a 66 Gia that i built to do all things okay because i couldn't afford a porsche sure and i, I was a volkswagen guy Volkswagens and chevys is a river that runs through me with both those marks. It's just the way it is. Okay. But uh, I had prepared a 66 Ghia pretty much to go rail on Mulholland. And right as I got that thing done, it, it kind of – it was fa- it was fading fast. But the point I'm trying to make about Dave is that he was part of CRE, which was the clandestine racing enterprises. Okay. I don't know and anything I'm, I'm, about I'm, this.
2: Do you know about this, Sid?
3: Kind, of, kind of Oh, and I'm, I have a feeling that TRE was kind of his way of being CRE. humorous about that.
2: Yeah, interesting. CR
3: and TRE. So you got to get him in here because that guy has some really good stories. You know, um,
2: Chuck Miller said the same thing. We had Chuck Miller in here, and you know, he's got some stories as well yeah. in the same way. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, Dave, basically, I guess those guys grew up together essentially out here in the valley. Yeah. Or something.
3: So, you know, back then, that was a fiefdom. I guess it still is to this day. Is yeah, it f- a fiefdom? Well, okay. The Versus way is th- fiefdom? The, something like fiefdom, fiefdom. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't even know him. It's, it's like you know fillet, fillet. You know, you gotta figure <laughs> <Gotcha>. that out. <laughs> okay, sure. Potato, potato. So, but you know, no, that exists today. You know, but, but anyways, uh, you should get Dave in here because he's he's a pretty groovy dude. And cool. And he's got he's got some chops. He's a good guy. Awesome. I look forward to that. Um, but. Uh, so you want to know about?
0: You said Mulholland, and you. Well, Mulholland. Yeah, you know, we just were chopping particular. it up. I mean,
2: this is just conversation. I just that that video reminded me uh, so much of my childhood. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Then, it then got me down a rabbit hole of looking for this guy, John Benton, videos, and then I saw oh. the stuff about yeah. The La, La yeah,
3: yeah. So to help you with your editing, so so Jeremy Heslop had done this this piece on La Carrera mm-hmm. on the, the twenty thirteen race it became a documentary, and. uh and so that documentary kind of had some legs. It wasn't even, never supposed to happen, just so you know, just to kind of give you the backstory on that. Insta- the
2: shoot wasn't supposed to happen? The documentary wasn't supposed See, to happen? See, this
3: is the problem with speaking with me because I, I, I started going back to all these things, and I try to connect all the so pieces. So I'm holding on to That's okay, so what I go do. Go ahead, and
2: I will back off. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, so this helps me because I do do the same thing with her. I'm like trying to follow every piece.
3: Okay, so, so here's what happened. <laughs> my son, Ian, works at my shop. okay. And in 2011, 2012, he's making fun of me because I have like the Star Trek cell phone. Flip phone or whatever. (laughs) You know? And it doesn't do shit. It looks the part, but it doesn't really do anything. It answers calls and I can take the shittiest picture ever and it's all great. (laughs) And uh, Ian says, You got to get an iPhone. So I get my first iPhone 4 Mm -hmm. and it changed everything because I was really into photography, just, you know, a lot, really badly into photography for. From like eighth grade, I found a way to make photos, you know? Yeah. So I had given all that, all went away. That went away for decades. Uh, work, kids, whatever. Photography just wasn't important anymore. Um, so I get this iPhone, and then he's like, You need this app, and this app, and this app. I'm like, What are you that for? He's like, Dad, you just need to do this. You should you get, get Instagram for sure. So I get Instagram. Well, Instagram.
2: It's pretty early, right? That was when that was. I was starting. one of the first people yeah, that's on Instagram.
3: Good. And because of that I'm, I'm just look there are thousands of guys like me, and i want them to I want them to know right now they can do the same thing it's not rocket science. Just get out of your old man phase because i admittedly and i i'm, I'm, I'm fifty five years old, just so everybody knows um, I still feel like john, but i'm I've made the mistake of getting old like everybody else in my predicament uh-huh. but you' you if you want to stay relevant, you might want to pick up a phone or get your computer out and get some apps going, do some social media. You know, Sid uh, is, for lack of a better term, a member of our family mm-hmm. at Benton Performance. And, I love that term. And, and it's the right term. He's a student at USC. He's studying marketing. He's studying how to help people like me. He wants to do that for a living. Mm-hmm. So in a way, he's having an internship with someone who's arguably hard to manage. And there's lots of facets to Benton Performance that a lot of people don't know about. And he's helping kind of put that out there. This is a result of him.
2: It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so
3: I'm really enjoying this. Mm-hmm. It's a fun way to get out and, and speak about Oh, <laughs> uh, You should get out of here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just I'm leaving now. Thank you so much. <laughs> but uh, We're so,
2: huge fans. We're huge fans
3: of that fella. Yeah, he's a good kid.
1: Anyways. And
3: so, so uh, I get this phone. I get Instagram. And... I was posting pictures of the La Carrera car that I was prepping that had been destroyed in previous races. So
2: this is the yellow and red. Is Bruce Brown? Com- is that – how is that – is, what is the whole Okay, you're going to
3: you're gonna have to edit this out. Okay. I'll turn the microphone off right now.
2: <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Bruce you Brown- don't have to say Okay, so
3: that. Bruce Brown is the uncle of Rob Curry. Okay. Rob Curry – Is the owner-driver of the La Carrera car. Oh, okay. The co-pilot of the car is a guy named Ricky Shaw, who you'll never see at any event. Okay. Um, Bruce Brown is a social butterfly who is the, you know, uncle of Rob. Sure. And he loves to go out and participate in things that Rob just doesn't have time for. So
2: he'll take the car around. He
3: takes the car out. He takes lots of cars out that Rob owns and has fun. Good. Okay. And shit, if, if I had access to... A race car, a Speedster, a 997. I, I would, like, grab it up all day long. and. I was going to say the
2: same thing. People at other shops sometimes Pretty would sure give us a different a car to take up to the Crest or something like that. We were talking about that with Marco at uh, at TLG. You know, he's yes. like, oh, you can take my whatever, yeah. take my race car up there. Or I have
3: a Marco story for you guys. Really? Oh, I yeah. hope, absolutely. If it's a good one, I'd love it's to hear absolutely it. absolutely great. We love Marco. It's something he doesn't talk about, and he really should. Okay. He's, he's a super cool dude, well, and he he's too humble sometimes, I think, maybe. Agreed. I when when he's not that, being yeah. overly, like, ridiculously egotistical. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a, uh, a front. Totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to pick on him because he'd pick on me too. Um, so, so. Um, what's the Marco story? Is there a Marco story? Yeah, there will be. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, I got to see on the train here we're on. So, uh, I posted pictures of the La Carrera car and, and letting people know, you know, getting down just a few weeks away, we're going to be doing La Carrera. And that's just raw stuff. I would just put it out there. And I get this message. In fact, it's probably one of the first messages I ever got on Instagram because mm-hmm. I really didn't. At that, I didn't go that deep. You know, I, I was just like, whatever. What's that? Oh, f- whoever, who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this particular message, Sometimes I looked. Sometimes they
2: stand. At, uh, we do the same thing. Sometimes they stand out.
3: Okay, so he's he's like. Uh, I think he referred to me as Mister Benton. <laughs> Mister Benton. Mister um, Benton. I just want you to know that I love your feed, mm. and La Carrera is is something that I find just amazing. And someday I'm going to, I really want to do something. And thank you for sharing. I can hardly wait to see what you wow, post. that's
2: so nice. It's not somebody who's looking for anything. They just want to say, I'm yes. supporting you from afar.
3: But what he doesn't know about me is I'm ridiculously open to people that step up to the plate. Collaborations. Well, I didn't even refer, think people. of it as that. Okay. People. But in this era, it is a collaboration at some point if you're actually doing promotion in it. Helps yeah. you. You have to, and I'm still not good at that. Like I still screw up and I'll like repost stuff and people are like, Hey, you didn't give me credit for that. Would, you son. I'm like, oh, oh my God. And I have to go back and edit and I feel really bad, but give me a break. Cause I'm not like a professional, uh, yeah, we're the same promotional way. dude. You do the best you can. I try. I try. And, and I always apologize, but so he sends me this message and I'm thinking, well, sh- shit. I went back and looked at his feed. I'm like, well, this kid's talented. I didn't know how old he was but I could tell he was young. He's doing a lot of uh, EDM, and he did a little piece on a 912 back there in Ohio where he lived. And, I, and I, so I just replaced
2: it. So this said, kid's from Ohio. He's not even local.
3: No, wow. he's in Ohio. So I I said, hey, if you want to participate, I have a big-ass truck. Whoa, Fly your ass to Veracruz on this date, and you can jump in. You can sleep in my room with the rest of the guys. We all. It's a very communal experience. If you'd like to see... Uh, People running around with half an hour's sleep and just passing out on a floor or underneath a car. It's a, it's a great experience. That so an opportunity, right? Can you imagine? Did he do it? He did it. That's incredible. So
2: he just gets a check mark in yours because you presented him an opportunity. Well, he
3: actually, so now we have a phone call. He says, are you serious? I said, absolutely. He says, so what do I need to do? Just I said, fly to, to Veracruz, come to the World Trade Center in Veracruz on this day I'll introduce you to the press people. You get your pre, your prensa stickers, and you fill out the forms. You promise not to do the following because if you screw up, you can affect the race and your ability to ever come back again. So just play by the rules, which right. rules in Mexico are tacit. You know, it's, it's not etched in stone. So he showed up. Not only did he show up, he made fast friends with my friend Rene Ortega, Rana Chilanga who lives in Oaxaca who's a really nice photographer and videographer and triple threat he has a friend that he did a lot of work with in the EDM circuit named Graham who lives in Puerto Vallarta so they jump in his Jeep and they follow us and alternate taking turns sitting sitting in the rig and all I wanted was to give them the experience yeah now he's working. Okay, so now they so then when they had all this other stuff I'm like, "Look, I'll pay for your gas. I'll buy food when I can. And I'll take care of you guys. And just if I tell you to do something, you might want to do it. But we'll figure this out." Well, and all I wanted in return was a few photographs and snippets for my website that didn't really exist yet. It's kind of a website, but not great. That's so, what you thought you might get out of it. Yeah, that was the that was the return for me at this point. So wasn't really being greedy or anything. It's like this is this is a win win. Let's do this, hundred percent. And he's getting content for his whatever you call it portfolio or the reel that it sounds guys like
2: mutually beneficial. Sounds like it's a win.
3: So we have this. Typically, La Carrera for for Benton Performance has been fairly chill. I mean, there's been some offs, some breakage, but or you know a few little failures. But we get it on track and we win. Twenty thirteen. Was a year where we had brake problems that were a result of a disagreement between me and one of my techs at the shop okay uh and then it got exacerbated when the spare part we brought had been on a shelf for 10 years obviously and it wasn't any good either and there wasn't really a way to fix it so then we finally like day three or four of the race uh, have a family member fly to mexico city and then drive to where we're at with a master cylinder that would work And then we had a pretty good race, and we podiumed and but it made for a wonderful documentary because yeah. a documentary uh-huh. of a documentary of somebody's like, "I won, I won, I won, and I won, Great. and here I'm winning, and in this scene, I'm winning again, <laughs> and here's my perfect <laughs> life. here's my three point eight children, and they're all perfect, and they it's like, nope, 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 nothing there nothing so interesting. yeah, so then the documentary wasn't on the table or anything. Jeremy, who by the way is consummate professional, very genuine guy. In fact, maybe it would be a good. This is the
2: kid at the time. Kid, at he's time. like
3: 23 or 24 years old. I didn't know that. I'm like, wow, this kid's like super young. This kid he's talking about also did the one on, I
2: think, Matt Hummel that you like. As sure. Well, Jeremy Hesler. Well, I'm the one that introduced him. So that. I only know his name. Of course you did. I don't even know what he looks like, but he's incredibly talented.
3: Oh, he's super good. He's got a great eye for music, touch, feel. He's a. He, here's the thing people maybe not don't know about Jeremy that they should know. Most of the pieces that he's done... He filmed it, he edited it, he colored it. Love it, love it. And a, and a lot of times he even did the sound. They're
2: among the best quality of all of the videos I watch too. You too? Yeah, so I mean that's really,
3: that's a mark. But he's built a circle of friends that are like-minded, so the pieces that they collaborate on, it just ratchets up.
2: Does he cut to LA very often?
3: He lives, he lives uh, in... Uh, in the Van Nuys? Uh, Allow me. I, but we really haven't Palmer gotten City.
2: there all the way. We're, we're not fully up to date with this story then. I'd so, love to have him in.
3: Yeah, he, he's a good guy, and he, he probably has some stories to tell. Uh, he's very centered, very down-to-earth. I, I love hanging out with him. Um, but uh, a few weeks after we got back, he hit me up. And he said, hey, John, there's enough stuff here for a documentary. Is it okay if I put something together? I said, I don't care. I, don't, I really don't care. Do whatever you want. I just want... Sixty seconds here, thirty seconds there, a few photographs, which he totally did for me, yeah um, then the documentary is done, and we we have this little screening, and I'm like, wow, this is like full-on gorilla style, you know it's it's not a technical piece right like for for somebody's in the business that's going to analyze that piece, they're not getting the point. The point is that he really captured okay. from a very raw perspective okay, a guy who's never done it who's totally in awe of the situation. He's 23 years old. Then you got this veteran dude, me, who's out there like really just like do what I say. And I'm, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling this one because I don't know if we're, we're going to even podium and I'm kind of like ramped up. I'm not in a great mood. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be happy. I'm still being me, but,
2: but all of that stress and tension on you is gold. When so it comes to a movie.
3: So it, it, it happens and he makes this thing. Well, people in the States really don't know about it. It just kind of happened. Uh, and it, it's up on YouTube. You can go look at it. Whatever. It's like 52 minutes. I was
2: gonna say I watched it when it was available on YouTube. Then it got taken down at some point, or is, I, it, is it back
3: up now? I don't know what's going on. Okay, I thought
2: maybe what's they were gonna called? sell it or something.
3: It's the last great road race.
0: The last gra- so I can go look that
3: up. So ironically, there's some goofy movie by the same title if you, that can confuse matters, but um, and not to be
2: confused with the great race, of course.
3: There's just all yeah death race, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. um, so so. Um, that culminated in, the, in this in this in this uh, documentary. The irony is that between it not b- becoming something here really, is that in Central and South America, it went into syndication, in media. So there's versions of that documentary with me speaking Portuguese. I was
2: gonna say it's on in the middle of the night. I'm sure on every channel. And
3: I'm right now building a car for someone in Brazil.
2: Are you really? And
3: I'm building a car That's for so cool. a guy in Guatemala because they've seen me on TV down there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And
3: and they appreciate La Carrera at a level that I don't know what it's about La Carrera that people in the states don't really understand it it's not broadcast like NBC is not sending crews down there to film guys risking their lives this isn't the country for it it's it just weird do I don't know you,
2: you or the race it has to do with this country in my pretty opinion.
3: pretty cool stuff agreed it's like rally I don't know why rally isn't huge in the states WRC should be like for me like way up here anyways that's going
2: down i feel like people formula One's got on the rise so you know what i mean it's weird it's weird how it you know flows. how many
3: injuries have resulted from nascar just doing this for hours and hours <laughs> sitting in front of your tv i mean my neck just cracked doing that <laughs> it's savage and nobody talks about that you
2: know, the worst part is think about the guys in the car you know we get this we get this yes. all the time but imagine having only this like no wonder they have that damn thing to rest their helmet against yes have to.
3: but it does help if you like tacos
2: so you can
3: yeah, it's incredible. tilt your head to the side. <laughs> all right, tell so, me a good mark. Or are we still on this? So long story short, this all culminates in the Petrolicious video. Okay. Because for a short time, the documentary got some legs because Soho House, Jeremy has an agent. He got an agent, mm-hmm. okay? She got, uh, somehow Soho House picked up that documentary as one of their series that they screen. At the various Soho houses around the world.
0: Yeah, that's impressive.
3: And they invited Jeremy and mm-hmm. I to do Q and A if we wanted to at any of the venues. Well, I got a shop to run. Like doing this right now for me in the back of my head. I couldn't believe it's like you all got this here. Stuff. I'm so impressed. We know. So pretty busy shop. Really appreciate you. Being so here. thank you. So <laughs> we, had, I went on the ju- a little mini junket. I did L.A. and New York. And I'm I'm a mechanic. You know, I'm I'm not a a TV guy or anything like that. I'm just doing my thing. So these little snippets of media that are out, they're kind of cool. I still like look at them and go, oh my God, that's me. And I sound funny and I look ri- ridiculous. So it's just weird, and right? Yeah, you're
2: on a talk show in David Letterman's old chair. Exactly. It's crazy.
3: Dave's the best too. Um, my next guest is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. big fan. So so um, we go on the junket to New York. Jeremy, we bring Graham okay. because he was there doing it. Um,
2: and cause you're decent like that.
3: Yeah. Part of the family. And so we all, one little family, we go to New York and then we hook up with some friends from CNN because Jeremy was, used to be a, uh, like an editing slave for CNN. Oh my gosh. And small world. So, so we end up doing this like major pub crawl that lasted for two days I'm serious. I mean, like, we'd start at... <laughs> so you went a- back
2: to drinking at some point.
3: Oh, no. I, well, t- well, I can tell you all about drinking, because I'm good at it. But I discovered it was a talent that was hidden. Comes back. But we, like, would start at the Ace Hotel at 11, eating burgers and drinking bourbon and stouts, and then end up at the Brass Monkey at 4 a.m., you know...
2: It sounds like old Comic-Con days the, the, for us. You know, it's all work, yet it's all social... You have to be social. Oh, we haven't anyway. even
3: got into furries thing. yet. I'm just, I'm messing with you. I'm not a furry. I'm a, I'm a touchy-feely, but not John, a furry. are you
0: a furry? That's that I, mean you came here to tell everyone? Uh,
3: I, will, I will admit to the fact that I actually, I actually, for many, many years, waited for the Renaissance Fair every year so that I could suit up, man, sort up and go out and, and play with the wenches and drink wine out of a goblet and eat meat on a stick. You're enjoying it all. I am pretty crazy like that. That's awesome. So the, the transition is minimal. Good. Yeah.
2: All right. I want to know a Marco story, and I want to know your CBD and bad back. And we're at an hour and 15 already.
3: I'm so sorry. Don't worry
2: about us. It's no more about college. you well, and I, No, I
3: made this day for you guys. So I can do this all, all day if you can. But I, I just want to – I'm trying to cut to the ch- chase here. So on the way back – Oh, shit. Sorry. Still so, going. So we're, we're in New York, and we had epic – just an epic time. We do the Soho House. We end up with an entourage of people that wanted to hang out with us. Of course. course. After, it was, it was a different experience than the L.A. Soho House night. Yeah. But New York night, people were like, that wanted to get to know us more. We went and had dinner together. We had a oh. great night. That We went to like wee hours. And, um, but then we had to be on a plane at 6 a.m. Nope. <laughs> and we That's never fun. Went to, I mean, my head touched a pill at 4 a.m. So I had my, my phone like right next to my head and got like an hour and a half nap. No shower, no nothing. We just jam. We get to the taxi, and we're heading to the airport. Uh, and Jeremy and I are on the air, airplane together, and we're flying back. And we're both like just beat. And he hands me. He says, "I want you to look at something. I wrote this down. And he says, "I want to do a petrolicious piece, but I don't want. I don't want it to be just a regular generic piece. He says, "I want you. I know you're going to fall asleep. And I, last thing I want you to hear is." What's your earliest memory? What's your earliest fondest memory?
2: Of, this was so worth getting to. Of being was so worth it.
3: Of being in an air cooled car, like it's obviously ingrained in your in your soul. What is your earliest memory? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm still drunk. I mean, we're I'm <laughs> dead. Like, and and, he's, and and I'm really tired. And, and he's like, Well, I'm gonna text this to you. Okay, just put it in your phone. It's a storyline you need to fill in. I need you, I need a timeline from you, John. Yeah, just it might be a year from now, but just whenever you get an idea. But I want you to I want you to just think about your earliest moment. And so when I woke, we get to L.A. I've got a raging hangover, oh. but I wake up with the question in my head, and I knew immediately yeah. what it was. And I told him before we went our different ways, and I said I got the memory. He's like, "What is it?" I said, "I'll write it down. and I'll send it to you."
2: Oh, cool. Look at you. You knew it was a good one, too.
3: I had to write it down, and I had to, like, really explain. Because did you
2: craft it? Did you want to craft it when you gave it to him? Is that kind of why?
3: Well, he, well, because he's a craftsman, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to disappoint him. That's
2: what I mean. So did you feel almost uh, an obligation to deliver it to him? Yes. As, as an artist to artist? Yes. Yeah, I feel the same way with almost everything. It's one of those, like, don't come in here if I'm in the middle of something. Not telling him, him what I to let do. you know it's done, so you can come see it. I didn't
3: want to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to explain to him the scenario and what I was feeling and the period of time it was, and what my cousin Denise looked like and what I look like. what we're
2: getting ago. to obviously is this is the moment that connected with me so much, which was the bouncing up and down, correct.
3: Oh, those summers, that summer, uh, the, you know you, you're born, you're an infant, and then things happen and you awake and, and, and you, you go through stages. Like, ow, oh, that hurt. I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Or, ooh, that feels really good. I'm going to do that forever. All you know. The time, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm, that tastes delicious. I like that. Ooh, yeah. you know, whatever. You go back and forth, and then you, I think everybody within reason is trying to build a life they want to live in, given whatever they have control, some control over. Sure. The uh, controls illusion, everybody. Oh, um,
2: got it. <laughs> Learned that from Days of Thunder.
0: Drop that.
3: So, so uh, that's how that inspiration happened and then it morphed into uh, that storyline he gave me that was kind of empty was like remember the places where it happened for you good or bad like how where the the stops along the way so if you look at the Petrolicious video it may not be obvious because here nobody can ever see what's in my head or Jeremy's head but he's pretty damn good at getting it out of his head Mm -hmm. In in his films in his films right so I tried to share with him as good as I as well as I could so that he could do what he does mm-hmm. and so during that video it starts with me in the Volkswagen on the little streets with have the dips and she I and I told her you know we're in the back seat of the car
2: during that scene. during that
3: and the, the 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 lady in the car I know her and I knew her boys and I knew that her one son looked a lot like me when I was little he even sticks his chin out when he's excited like me like when I drive I can't you've seen what we're talking about right yeah it's uh, so well captured. Go, captured so
2: i didn't mean to talk about it for an hour but still it's very very it's cool. all good but
3: you can snip it and but <laughs> no we don't whatever do you don't use it's just us getting to know each other I'm, I'm cool we with use
2: it all this is it it's a talk show it's all going to be on
3: so and we don't worry about a thing this okay, is a blast right. for us so i so we we went that took 20 minutes i i called my buddy bob i said can i borrow your wife and your son and all I can do is buy him lunch. I'm not paying you shit.
2: He's like, sure. No, no, end the car. Oh, hang on. Uh Oh no, and I call I
3: called I called a friend of mine, Tom, who had a very similar car.
2: Oh wow. Okay. So you it's an amalgamation from a so, bunch of different sources. So
3: I had to go pick up his car, drive it to Jeremy's house, because he lives in old Where is that again? Culver City. Culver City, which is very like Southgate.
2: Everybody got that? Jeremy Heslip lives in Culver, Culver City. City. Yeah, go rob all his stuff from
3: his house when he's on location. So we we uh we get there, we just told them, look, we're going to drive, and then, I'm really hungry, so as soon as we're done, let's go have lunch. So we, that's what went down. And we, and we had a little barbecue. We had hot dogs in the backyard. So you just
2: made it into a, a, an outing. Yeah. I love it.
3: So, that's
0: what all you creative, cool people do. And there's a ton of you guys in the porch community. You must, community, you, like, you must attract it like moths to a flame, you guys.
3: I don't know. It's just, for me, It's uh, I don't let everybody come in the fold.
0: Oh, I I far didn't mean that, but I mean like... No, no, I'm just... Everyone wants to. Like, you guys do something so cool and wanting to have it. You guys have
3: that. That's... On the way here, I was talking to Sid. I said, you know, Sid, it's funny because uh, I'm a human being, like all the people walking down the street. We all have our thing going on, whatever that thing might be, but we're on the inside looking out. And so we don't normally take... I don't know why, but I know for myself, I really have to slow down a lot to get in, a, in the moment, which is a really hard place to get to. Yes. And so I, I, I don't really reflect and I don't appreciate what I have. I'm reacting to the bills, the, the demands upon me from clients, from my employees, and I don't really appreciate what I have. But at the same time, I'm looking at other people, man, they got it made. Look at the Ryans. They're beautiful. <laughs> Look at this great thing they have. How many people have this, you know? And and Sid, you know, he's going to USC, you know, great school. He's And mm-hmm. he has a noggin. He's not, let just some guy at USC who has yeah. Uncle Sugar paying the bill. He's, he's actually, not
2: just going to network for the rest of his life. He's going to do some really he, cool stuff.
3: Sid's going to be something. He already is something. He's already doing cool stuff. So, exactly. So, you know, I, so then I have to, I have to remind myself that that reflection in other people like you guys and, and Sid, it's, it's. I'm looking in a mirror. I just have right. to figure that out. That, you know, it's, it's reflections. These little facets that everybody has where we can interconnect. It's really, really fun. So f- this for me, like what you guys are doing today, actually is very cathartic and fun. Because I don't get to How I mean, what a blessing to be able to express myself. And share.
2: Oh, that's so awesome. A lot of people yeah. say it's, yeah, it feels like th- when we were off the air afterwards, usually when they're leaving, people are like,
3: that was great. That was like therapy. That was great. Yeah. It's like,
2: even if we didn't get anything really very interesting on the show, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, if somebody leaves feeling better, win. You know there you what go. I mean? Even if it's just the one person sitting in the chair, if they leave feeling better,
3: so worth it. But I hope, I, I'm. Tr- it's so hard for me to tell a story without, it, it's, it, and this goes back to when I was a little kid. My, my mom used to get upset with me because she'd asked me a simple question. And I said, well, I was walking home and there was this bug on the sidewalk. And you know, the weirdest thing was that the bug was in a crack. And so I was trying to help it out. And then this, and, and she's like, John, I just want to know what you want for dinner. This is, this is <laughs> yep. I'm the Jack London it's of- both of our lives. Of, uh... You
2: collect a lot more data than most people. I do too. I think she does too.
3: Do, do, okay, so I have to ask, ask a question of you.
2: Please.
3: So since we have a similarity in this, in this way, I notice, I think people have a refresh rate where when they see, like they can see between the frames sometimes. I, there have been times in my life, like I can see things other people don't sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when I see somebody, when somebody else sees it too, I'm like, oh, you saw that mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like a meteor shower. Hundred percent. I can see them all. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, oh. And so people are like, what did you see? I'm like, well, you there's just three of them. So.
2: I like uh, your idea of a refresh rate is brilliant to me. Like a frame rate Yeah, is brilliant to me because there is stuff all around us all the time that we don't see that, say, maybe your cat does or your dog does or mm-hmm. whatever. And it, I'm not saying there's people and beings moving through your home, although maybe that's possible too. I'm just saying that there's other stuff. There's other stuff that our cameras are not capable it, of picking up.
3: It's kind of weird, yeah. And, and I. So
2: some people's they finely tuned for whatever reason, I absolutely Well, I'm colorblind, can. just so you know. So there's another reason why I was going to say, if you have a, a failed uh, sense or a, um, a whatever, some sort of, uh, any kind of place where you're, where you're failing. Hindrance. Thank you very much. I'm having a hard time with my word choice. Um, I feel like other things pick up.
3: Well, I'm, I'm a red-green colorblind guy. Okay. And before I became a Porsche technician, I worked in skilled trades, from a very young age. I, I I bailed out when I was 16, just so you know. I bailed out and had my own apartment. I didn't drop out of school. Mm-hmm. I worked in a dairy here in Soquel. There are dairies. There sure. were more dairies back in the day, but there's a couple of them that are like right in Southgate. There's, there's another one in Paramount. And uh, nobody wants to do that job. <laughs> so anyways, um, I worked in a dairy and uh, went, continued in school. I did vocational training. As a young, young guy, I was a slave laborer for my stepdad. He was an electrician.
0: Is that so what you're training within, Electricians for, I an Electrician? I was an
3: electrician. I was an accomplished electrician when I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Really? Because I, I spent my summers, instead of like hanging out and going to the beach and stuff, probably the reason I enjoyed being with Denise in a Volkswagen going to the beach was because it was a rare, fun occasion. So I spent a lot of time with a crawl box, what's called a crawl box. It's a little box with a handle on it. It's like a little shoeshine box kind of thing, and you throw your fasteners, your tools, uh, your straps, you know, for Romex or for you know Flex, whatever, and you crawl in voids. And I'm, I was I'm a little I'm a little guy now. Well, I'm kind of rotund now, but I'm, <laughs> vertically I'm yeah. so very challenging. Spaces and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I spend a lot of time under houses, on top of houses, in voids, uh, pulling wire and and putting conduit up underneath voids. I've seen every kind of dead animal you can imagine. All kinds of weird stuff under houses. There's a lot of stuff under your house you don't know about everybody. And that's how you met Marco? That is not... Crazy. Well, actually, I rescued him from one of those voids.
2: Do you want to tell the Marco story?
3: I thought he was a raccoon. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> but... um. So, anyways, that's that was the early part. So, let, let's... To help... Okay, so let's forget about all that stuff because I can tell you some crazy goddamn stories. But, um... Okay, so... In around 1997, uh, a community of 912 owners started to gel. Okay? And I'm often called the 912 guy or a 912 guy or the 912 guru or whatever we're going to call it. I'm a car guy. Mm -hmm. Okay? Let's get that straight right now. I've worked (laughs) on a lot of different kinds of cars and uh, built incredible fun things. But I just like 912s. I love 912s. So... Rick Becker and uh, Dave Hillman and Jeff Trask and Jones Lowe and, oh, my goodness, there were a few of us uh, started to gel in a social sense all of a sudden, kind of railing against the establishment. Because Mm -hmm. when we would show up at a PCA event or some Porsche event in a 912, we were relegated to obscurity instantly. I mean, people would actually walk up, just walk up to me why would you put that much money in nine twelve? And they'd like (laughs) chuckle and look at their buddy with their beer in their hand. (laughs) And they'd walk away. And I wanted to like run up behind them and beat them to death with a beer bottle. I mean, I'm like, what do you mean? And again, it's like something I said earlier before when we were chatting, before the the interview started. People show their cards all the time. Ignorance is prevalent even amongst me. I mean, there's things I don't know. There's things I don't know. And because I don't know, and I'll start speaking... And I may say something I don't know what I'm talking... I absolutely do not know what I'm talking about. That's when you're spooled
2: too fast and yes. you're not in that moment where you're...
3: Yes. Uh, so I, I, I avoid that like the plague. I really don't want to be that guy. But people do that they're all day long, every day. And it's kind of funny. So <laughs> one day I was parking cars at uh, a concourse for the uh, 356 Club at Dana Point. And uh, these two young guys from Germany were in town so they came to this event and uh, there was a huge showing of 912s that year like the, more 912s there than anything except for 356s but they outnumbered the R group they outnumbered the the uh, all the PCA 911 guys okay. uh, there was this huge showing of 912s and these two German guys I hear one of them go you know there's like 912 like how stupid you know and i like and I walked up and I'm like, why is it stupid? It's slow. I said, oh. tell you what, tell you what. I said, I know you got you guys know we're from Germany. I said, okay, I wish, I wish you could take your pick of any of those cars out there on the grass and we can go run the crest. And uh, you guys would kill yourselves trying to keep up with me on nine twelve. I it's you just they're just showing their More cards. power,
2: less weight. I don't know what anyone needs to. I don't know where the math needs to come in. Well, where it comes you know in, I mean? like where where is the loss of understanding? So here
3: here's where it, here's where it comes in. Like when I when I raced, like for instance, POC POC was a serious group of runners. Man, we we used to laugh at PCA and all the other groups. POC was definitely a West Coast entity. It predated PCA. They both were born in '55. I think Topper Chase beat them by a, a week or two. But uh, God bless him. And uh, so, but that group was all about Porsches, and it was all about going really, really fast. And so when I showed up, wet behind the ears in 85, 86, in in a 912, the ire was palpable. I mean, it's like, what the hell is this kid doing here? And mind you, my car was beautiful. But I just want to go drive fast and not get a ticket Mm -hmm. because – I had a really bad driving record, and I could barely go down the street and not get pulled over. It's that bad in the in the. It was that bad. But all the cops knew me, so I I'm all like just ready to go, and I go out and I've got the wrong tires, the wrong setup, and I'm learning. It's, it's a learning curve, you know. So I met a guy named Dwayne Spencer, who became a very dear friend and mentor, and he raced a nine twelve, and he was a giant killer, like Joe Van Pola. I mean, these guys we're out there rolling in 912s now mind you our main nemesis was a 914 and if it was uh an Even alpha fighter and mid engine yes and uh, and they anyway so we that was fun rolling against those guys but uh, our our big race of the was our really super big race was uh the Porsche Alpha Challenge we had the Alpha Club versus the Porsche guys that was a lot of fun but um so i got good at it and I started pushing the envelope, and we'd have. This isn't a time when you had 130 sports cars out at Streets of Willow. Holy shit! That's a lot. And my little 912 would be in the top ten out of all comers at the streets. That's crazy. So that's a big group too. Big group, big group, and 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 I got really good at drifting and carrying speed and doing things 911s just didn't think about doing a whole mm-hmm. lot. Um, and and there and there was mutual respect. I mean, I like nine eleven. I love nine elevens. We work on nine at the shop. Sure. But I, but for whatever reason, I ended up. There's, and there's there are a couple of reasons about nine twelve because my first Porsche experience was in a nine twelve. So a sixty six nine twelve sand beige. I remember it.
2: Having a hard time following you.
3: It's okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm <laughs> totally in my head right now. <laughs> That's
2: totally fine. But
3: but uh, so.
2: But we have about ten minutes to get to Marco. Okay, and. CBD and
3: your bad right, back. All right. So, um, okay. So we're going to rate, just forget about all the other crap. So
1: <laughs> there,
3: there was, there was a, t- no, I'm serious. If you want to get to cut to the chase. So back in the day, we started the, the 912 registry. Okay. Okay. And this band of, of uh, unwanted toys, you know, we got together and it turned into you something really the, the
2: founders of the 912 registry yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. A big fan. You guys have
3: good social. Yeah. Yeah. So the young guy was Jeff Whitney, who still a 912er. He's up there in uh, Appleville, in Central Coast somewhere. Super talented guy. He made the original logo for the club and all that. Love it. Um, but there's a group of us, uh, and we started this this rendezvous that we would have, and they they were in Solvang. Nice, cool. And second or third,
2: I've seen videos of this trip as well. Okay, right?
3: I, uh, possibly. Oh, okay. But back in the day, we're talking like. 2000, 2002, 2003, uh, we, we were having a rendezvous, and this kid walks up to me and he's like, Man, your car, it sounds awesome. And it's, it's Marco. And he's taking pictures for Excellence Magazine. He's, he's, free, he's freelancing, you know. Get
1: out of town. Oh, and wow. he's a
3: great photographer, like, killer photographer. And because he grew up in the environment he grew up in, he knows what he's talking about, wow. and, and he, he's enthusiastic. Yeah, and he's one of these much. like – he's like a, – a, a, savant might be the wrong word because it implies he's not smart. But he just uh, – look, I'm not the guy who knows in 1955 there was this car and he that.
2: He does know a lot. Yeah. He's an encyclopedia of not
3: I, I don't roll that way. I, I know what I know, and I don't like delve into some of the other stuff. But he wanted to go for a ride in the car – and do some. He says, "Can I meet you tomorrow morning at like 7 a.m.?" And I told, "You know, sure." So we, we get up, we roll out. He wants to he's feel the car, so we go out. There's this bridge that leads into the.
2: Did you know the, who he was? Did you know that his no, dad was in the No,
3: but that's one? how I. I had no idea who he was or anything okay. else. And I do my own stuff. You know, it's yeah. like I don't. There's I don't have a shop. I am my shop. So totally get it. So he he's super enthusiastic, and I so I'm, I I'm feeding off of that so we roll off in 912 i'm sorry in mine 12 my sixty nine twelve. and at the time it was in post-race trim still okay it was pretty much still a race car with some it was still nice but it was a hard roller still i had detuned the race motor so i could rev to 7500 rpm and i had a really loud straight pipe on it and it's early in the morning in solving and he's We roll across this bridge, going. I'm not kidding you, because we rolled out. I just took off. We hit this bridge. I'm doing about 100 miles an hour, and I got a straight pipe, and I'm burning race gas mixed with uh, street street gas.
2: Just in the hills of Solvang. These two these
3: two guys are on the bridge. They hear us coming. (laughs) They're on bicycles. They're all kitted up on their bicycles. Yeah. Oh my god. We come rolling up on them. They pulled off the side, threw their bikes over the rail, and jumped over the side Uh. of the bridge into a ravine because they thought they were going to die
2: oh my god oh my god <laughs>
3: marco's laughing i'm laughing meanwhile
2: it was this little tiny old classic porsche yeah. runs by and
3: we that's roll through hilarious. well then marco's like oh stop here i want to take some pictures and i can show you the pictures <laughs> he sent me the pictures and i and I, I covet them because they're beautiful <laughs> photographs oh, that's amazing! and uh so we stop and we're taking pictures and we're just in the zone now. I mean, everything's fine, peaceful. Well, here come the guys on their bicycles. They were not happy. <laughs> no,
2: I wouldn't imagine, except that you know. I mean, really, was that your responsibility? I mean, they chose to do all that well, stuff.
3: Well, I have a neck. I would have used my neck to look over my shoulder. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just in general. So, FYI, even that's with a your good bad back, nice segue. Now, and, yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> and
3: mind you, I, I ride bicycles. It's been a it's been a thing. I don't do it that much right now, and I, I need to the get back in. The first into time we met, you was on a bike ride. There you go. There you go. So um, anyway, so that was how I met Marco, and that article ended up it was so funny because the, from the time he took the photos to the time when the photos eventually got used by excellence, another young man I can't think of his name, took over the photographs and added the words. And but by that time, I was run, running a twin spark, because I'd always been experimenting, and I had put a twin spark motor in my car. Because to get the power I wanted from the single spark, I needed to do something so I could Mm -hmm. run a pump gas. So, it was you know a couple years, like 2005. By the time it actually went in the magazine, but uh, Marco, pick up your camera, you lazy bastard! Yeah, Yeah. who knew? I'll get on him about that. Yeah, it's something that his shop
2: is so stinking photogenic too that I I mean he could be taking some fantastic photos if you want. Absolutely,
3: but I think um, a lot of the photos that you see on my feed, uh, they're mine. Uh, lately well. though No, no, I'm i I take pictures It would be awesome If he did the same thing Ah Like there's a lot of shops Where people visit Like Yeah Let's just say like Rod Emery You know He's got all these Amazing things going on So people come From all over the world Flock Literally all you over the world You were talking world. like the Flame There's a good situation And so um, You know It's nice to have that mm-hmm. uh, now, now Sid does a lot of stuff now And even Val Has picked up a camera My receptionist and uh, my administrative professional, she's very, very professional. Pardon um, me. So she she kicks butt in the front, and now she's picked up the camera. So it's kind of fun to have these other people, kind of from their viewpoint, because uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, curated. Everything's curated now. But I, if you take pictures in your shop and post it, it's pretty much curated. It's you know your by you. Yeah,
2: it's your own. Yeah, I think that's th- what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's what I feel like with social media. Like that's where people get hung up. Is like. To have to go out and talk about what you posted, yeah. you have to be able to stand by that. And so, yeah. po- be having a beautiful place like Rod or you or d- well, Martin you'll find a lot of, of
3: junk in my pictures. There's okay. there's stuff everywhere, it, you know, because cars are constantly going to pieces. And then isn't that where the
2: art is though? Yeah, to but me. Yeah, yeah. That's like why that's I think Marco's shop is so photogenic is because, Absolutely. because yeah. of the lighting and the and the age the the patina on the actual place. Sure. That's tells part
0: the story, of the story. Yeah. And, and that's that's what i love like that's sure. what i connect with so when you're talking social media and like i used to do pr i don't know what you know but like it there there was a minute where like at first like we were telling the story and shaping it and then it was like okay we'll it counteract what's out there like combine those two sure. and that's why i feel like what you guys are doing by taking the ownership of what you're putting out there and you've done that with our show and everything you're doing but like i know marco has talked about the two so have being able to take photos to get your point across i think is killer. yeah i love that he can yeah. i love that you do well it marco's
3: marco's smart about it you know he you know there's a there's a thing there's a culture there, there's all these intermingling cultures okay and um, guys like certain things you know pointy things sharp things things that go roundy round on your wrist and and uh and cars and all that. So, he's smart because he's kind of bringing that culture into his business. I haven't really made that that move. I mean, I'm just, I'm just busy. Uh, we've went for Sid and people like Jeremy. I would probably miss out on this. It just what, but so, but Thank I, you, I Sid, yeah.
2: No, seriously, because this, this is uh, it's great for us to have you here.
3: I mean, you guys did invite me. But then I kind of like got busy and, and I said yeah sure But then nothing. Well, well, that's how it
2: is. It's one of those when you when you have when when you have time. Everyone's busy. The the community do the bands the together. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the
3: community. But you wanted to talk about um yeah I guess community you, bands together. Oh, I'm sorry
0: no it's just it's really neat what you guys all do like you all have your own stories and you all do your own thing but like the community bands together to make sure they hear what they want to hear and like that's what's so cool and like that's what was so cool to talk to you about at you, breakfast and
2: you did make time to come here yeah. to, to, to you know support us and I want to talk about the things that help support you and do your thing I mean it is a community and it's not just a community in that we're all existing in the same place yeah it's a community in that oh we all do things for each other sure. that's how it works hof- know, that's hopefully the point. hopefully to me, that's the point.
3: You that's the I mean? only
0: way to do it. So
2: yeah, hopefully people will follow. Yeah. But to me, that's the point. Yeah. Um, CBD, real quick. Anything you want to talk about? <laughs> sure. You, you got know, a bad back. I'm yeah. wearing a brace right now. That's how we started that whole. Yeah, course.
3: yeah. You mentioned that. I'm like, oh god, it's awful.
2: That's what it is. Yeah,
3: it you is. I mean? I, well, I I'm trying to I do
2: exercises and everything too. But it is. What it is.
3: Well, I was in a, a mountaineering accident up in the Sierras uh, back in uh, probably '95. And uh, I and smashed I my 94. back. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I smashed my back and I broke it, and I didn't know it. I was paralyzed from the waist down. Mm. And my buddy Bill, that I uh,
2: compression or like, what kind smashed,
3: of? just I uh, fell on your back. I fell onto my back. I, I pretty much kicked myself in the head with the back of my feet because I fell onto a log.
2: That's gross.
3: And I had <laughs> and I had a bunch of equipment. What. Uh, you
2: should have been maybe killed, definitely paralyzed, right?
3: Well, and I fell into a river and drowned. I should have—I should have been paralyzed and then drowned. No, really, that's really what should have happened. My buddy Bill's a tall guy like you, and and pretty burly. Does he want
1: a sweatshirt? No, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
3: Right? Just kidding. Yeah, no, that snuggie's not going anywhere. Right. No, nope. we got it. So uh, so I fell and I injured myself, and uh, Bill pulled me out of the water. And uh, I, I could not move. And he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, John, mm-hmm. you know, this is bad. This is really, really bad. So he was like, he was very careful with me and put me on to uh, a sleeping bag and then dragged me up away from the bank wow. so I wasn't being displaced too much. Yeah. What a good dude. And uh, he's a smart guy. I mean, good he's trained. Smart Yeah, guy. it sounds like a good, good head. Yeah. So he uh, built a little camp. And he says, I'm going to have to hike out of here. And, and we're for you and, and he's, and it's going to be four days before anybody can get there. So he's, he's planning on what to do. Like, here's some food, some water, you know, you are going to, whatever you got to do, you got to take care of it, man. I'm sorry. Cause you know, you're still, you got to do, st- you're still but functioning, but you moving. can't move Ugh, lucky for me within a few hours, I could feel my feeling come back my right leg Holy first. Cow. And then my left foot was working and up to my knee. But my You're me goosebumps right my now. thigh, and I had pain, but my uh, my left thigh and my hip were on fire, like this weird burning sensation. Mm-hmm. And when if I moved a certain way, I'm like, whoa, it really Electric, hurts. Right? Like electricity. So he's like, I said, I think I just pinched a nerve. He's like, oh, thank God. And we're both positive thinking, you know. So this was in the morning. We stayed there all night. And mind you, it's super super cold, and I was hypothermic from being in that river. Which may have helped, yeah. but um, he had me eat a handful of ibuprofen, and uh, we, you know we didn't have much, but we had basic stuff. Yeah, and uh, I wrapped—I wrapped myself with one of my uh, layers. I, I, I wrapped myself with one of my layers, real tight, and just bound the living crap out of myself. Is that what you do with the ice mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, it creates like a tourniquet yeah, around your
0: bones and your, holds your muscles and yeah, all just, your organs. And
3: I just together. put my core together, you know? Yeah, you're
2: holding your core together. Wow. And,
3: and uh, dumped a bunch of stuff, and we hiked off the mountain. Wow. But it took two days to get to that point. And, uh, it felt, so he
2: stayed with you. He didn't end up hiking out.
3: Well, he's like, hey, if you want to try, we'll try. So being bound and having the weight on me kept my core, like, really tight. Yeah. And, you know, we did all the switchbacks back and forth, but I just kept my my flow, and tried to keep it smooth, and I dumped a lot of weight. We left a lot of equipment behind. I mean, carabiners, rope, crampons, whole nine yards, because we were already out of the snow. We were into the, um, you know, we're heading into Yosemite now. Mm. So I hiked off the mountain. I went home. I was in pain for many, many months. I went to my doctor, but they said, oh, I think everything's okay. But years later, I was in another incident, and I, they discovered that I my, had broken my back, and I had. That's why I had trouble. So you trouble. you
2: broke and self healed your back. You didn't. Uh, nothing ever got medically done there. No, nothing got done. And then years later. So
3: I have a vertebrae that's crushed and and full of arthritis. Yeah. With two, uh, herniated discs.
2: That's, I have the same thing, but up in my cervical area. Okay,
3: so uh, I existed for many decades like that, and in constant pain. All the time. Yeah. And I lived on Tylenol and ibuprofen. So I, we were talking about going to the doctors and keeping up, trying to have a regimen. Yeah. Because guys don't like to go to the doctor. But um, I did go to the doctor and I, I didn't hear what I wanted to hear, but he wanted to know more. And he, he's the one that finally, let's get an x-ray of your back. He's like, holy cow. You're a mess. And the reason you're having these other problems is because your kidney and your liver are fried from taking Tylenol. Yeah. Like candy. And he said, you might as well have been drinking vodka shots for breakfast. You know, you're uh, with a with a Dr. Pepper Chaser, you know, you're, just, you're in bad shape. And I was mortified. Now, the liver can regenerate. Right? Yes, but it the can. kidney,
2: what, what do you do? You...
3: The kidney? Uh, I've been good. Oh, OK. I've been good. I was borderline diabetic. I was, it was like, so I was diet a diet change,
2: lifestyle change.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. You can flush it. It's a lot yeah. of the, the salt baths I do pull out those kinds yep. of toxins. And you sure. can do a lot of like homeopathic Aids. They're not. None of it's fixes. I don't think sure. the CBD thing is it either. But it's a. It's a. An aid well, I, to fix I, yourself.
3: I, I may. I may disagree with the CBD thing. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I think I will too. Okay. Th- this is what happened. My sister has always been the hippie. God, bless, I love her. She's. I just saw her a couple days ago, um, over the weekend. But I. She's always been a hippie, and uh, her husband Matt has a rare form of blood cancer, and he he. Is above the statistics on the good side because she has been so involved in his care. Uh, he, cl- he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro last year. Really? Holy smokes. Uh, to bring awareness to his, his cool. uh, multiple myeloma. And, and so part of his regimen is absolutely cannabis-based. Yeah. And, uh, and his diet is very fixed. She's done a lot of research. And she has him on a regimen, and it's it's working, you know. Mm-hmm. And if he just stayed the course, that was given to most people with his, his, uh, his uh, challenge, then maybe he wouldn't be here. But uh, I was always so anti-marijuana, anything. And uh, about about shortly after this happened, uh, I I just went cold turkey, no Tylenol. And then the only thing that were thrust in front of me were opioids, and I didn't want to do that either. Yeah, nope. I one, was like one pill super, for another. Yeah, so I didn't want to get lost in that it's basket. It's just
2: bad for your liver too. It's going to do the same
3: thing anyway, it, eventually. So, my sister, I went to see her, and she's like, "John, please just p- try this, please, because you know I don't sleep." What what form did she give you? It, they're just little gels.
2: Oh, like a gummy type of thing? It's a gummy. So
3: she says, look, here, there's a little gummy. Mm -hmm. Instead of open up your little jar of Tylenol, unwrap this thing, and there's four of them. You just do two of them 20, 30 minutes before you go to bed and see what happens. Well, what happened was for the first time in like 15 years, I think I slept for four or five hours straight. You normally
2: wake up every hour or so. with Oh, I'm, I'm like a... I'm wrapped yeah, up in... I don't time.
3: care what kind of fitted sheet you have. <laughs> you'll, I'll, I'll you'll turn yank. that into a... Yeah, I'm a Sorry. mummy when I wake up. So, um, that was interesting. And, it's an eye-opener, right? Uh, yeah. And it, it's,
2: it's exactly the same... Different circumstance, but the exact same situation it's weird. for me. And I also was not a, a pot smoker. Yeah. I, was, I was the straight-edge kid who, sure. who used to be the driver for all of the fucked-up things. Exactly, friends. exactly. When... It, Came to her and the MS, and then I went through some stuff too. It was like, wow, this is this is like a miracle. I he- I hesitate to use that word, but it works, and it's not a pharmaceutical. And uh, I'm so appreciative it's legal currently.
3: Yeah, it, it was when or at I, least easier. No, no, ap- no. Okay, because of the way I'm wired, doing that when it wasn't legal per se, and I didn't ha- I didn't have medical marijuana or anything. Um, I felt like, ooh, this is bad, but mm-hmm. it's helping, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to my, my sister, like, please, can I? That's like self-medicating, it's yeah. And then I had to make a, a choice of, because I was initiated right before bed, but life isn't spent in bed unless you're like a porn star or infirmed, right? So <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I was looking for, like, how is this going to fit into my life? Mm-hmm. So I remember having... Well, and
2: a, it currently it's not taking the place of Tylenol or ibuprofen because you can just pop those while you're working. You can have those all day long.
3: Well, so what I had to discover was like, how how that do means, I do this yeah. during the regular day? Right. Because I didn't know if it was going to affect the way I made decisions. Or and my,
2: you can't have that, especially in your line of work. Exactly.
3: So um, it's not something I incorporate into my daily routine. But what happened was, is that after... Being able to rest combined with doing core exercises and having the ability to do to do those core exercises yep. yeah because I was rested to yep. some extent all of a sudden I became healthier so rather than going down the road the regular way to where I'm just some broken down old dude um, it gave me a new lease on life yes so my quality of life has improved and uh, and then and the thing about like I don't know about you I'm assuming like for me, I feel when it's ramping up, I feel like I'm going to have an episode.
0: Yep. I get hot and okay. I feel like a fever and I'm like, okay, just sit in it because it's going to get better.
3: <laughs> okay. For me, it's a tightening.
0: Oh, you tighten.
3: Okay. And, and, and this burning starts, I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. So when I know that's going to happen, I don't care if I'm at home or at work or whatever. I I immediately will do, I think it's uh 30, 30, whatever it is, milligrams. Milligrams. milligrams, and I just do it. Cool. I don't get high, yeah. But it all of a sudden I'm like, oof, man, I negated that episode. But I know to take it easy too, and maybe just, uh, you know,
2: listening to your body, man. the yeah. fatigue and all the other stuff, it, it it's telling you everything.
3: So there it's kind of like the
2: world. If you're willing to observe it, the information's there. Yeah, you know what I mean. The same thing yeah. comes from within.
3: And I'm not saying it's gonna help everyone, but I'm from my personal experience. You I know, also
2: don't tell other people we don't push it on anyone because I would have hated someone to push it on me but if you're in you've got some sort of ailment or some problem and you are exhausted all options and you don't know what else to do I would suggest giving it a whirl yeah yeah it's,
0: it's to not, me it's like anything else like if your arm hurts it's all you're going to think about so have, make the pain in your arm go away yeah. and then you can do whatever you need
3: I have not do. grown a third eye
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
3: having hallucinations I'm pretty sure I'm in this room right now yep yeah.
2: oh, it, well, weird as it is yeah, <laughs> um, we just spent two hours with you. I feel like we I've didn't got even to talk about Porsches a little bit better. I know very I, little, but I, that's a reason where you'll have to come back and we'll get into like your projects and the different things you've done. This to me was
3: Sid's like John. <laughs> I came here because I told you talk Porsches.
0: Nah. Sid knows that it's about connections and the community at large of like understanding each other. I think that that's what P- you, we. People. I found out through Breakfast Club and.
2: It's my belief mm-hmm. that people, um, when it comes to someone like you or, or any of the of Rod Emery, the people we've had in here, um, you know, Marco is a good example. You can go online or you can see these people at a car show and you can figure out exactly what they do in the car industry. This is a weird kind of opportunity to get a little different. I guess this is sh- more
3: personal experience. Don't you think? We didn't even talk about me getting savagely stabbed and shot in the head they have no idea what's going on
2: see nice tease nice tease for next time seriously um (laughs) seriously man you are welcome here anytime i hope that you do come back soon um sid i'll talk to you on that since you seem to be the booking agent on this situation (laughs) it's pretty (laughs) funny right (laughs) yeah it's awesome good for you uh and this guy's popping up all over the place another friend he's doing an internship at a pr firm with somebody we know as well very funny you're a good guy man uh thanks for coming over thanks for getting to know us my lady
0: a lot and
2: <gasps> i mean custom made i
3: kind of made it to match the my first piece i'm here. gonna
0: say that to everyone because mm. it connects us it, it does connects us in a neat way thank you
2: uh we love you man for real Love. it's all good thank love you too Mrs. ryan we love all of you at home uh i, I don't remember that. what's going on tomorrow but we went long today so we will see you tomorrow <laughs>